JMV here with Brian Kahn from Floors to Your Home. Fans, if you're shopping for flooring of any kind, you need to check these guys out. You're going to have the most incredible, totally hassle-free shopping experience ever. JMV, we really appreciate you saying that. That's our goal every day, to offer our customers a quick, easy, and hassle-free experience at all of our Floors to Your Home locations. Fans, it works like this. You see the product you like. It's going to be cheaper than anywhere else. That's for sure. Then you can immediately take it home with you or have it installed. That's right. No hassle, no special order. Just see it, buy it, and take it home, or have it installed. Like three rooms of hardwood, laminate, or waterproof flooring starting at just 349 and they have everything in stock. I'm doing my whole house, and believe me, this is the best shopping experience you'll ever have. Three convenient locations, Avon, Noblesville, and Brookville Road. Who gives the quickest, easiest, and most hassle-free buying experience? Floors to your home. That's who. What in the hell do you think you are doing? Hey, John Boy. I'm telling you straight, it's my way or the highway. So anybody wants to walk, do it now. Hey, everybody, we're all going to get late. And again, it's picked up. It's Darius Leonard. A pick six for the Maniac. Touchdown, I-N-D-Y. Yes, sir. Yeah. Oh, oh, the chicken. Double time. Miles Turner. Yeah. John, I have never been better to be on the air with you here in Indianapolis, a place where so many of my dreams have come true. The Ride with JMV on 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Hey, welcome in to a busy Thursday. I promise you that. I get a lot to give away. I'll explain that over the course of the next three hours. But again, thank you so much. I know a lot of you are off of work, out and about, maybe celebrating with uh, friends and family, some sort of uh, what? vacation type of situation and you're looking at everything right you're looking at the clock and the calendar knowing that you got less than a month to get stuff done now Uh, equally hard if you have kids that are working in some sports and i mean any sport because they are all in action right now much like the pacers uh pacers making concrete bringing in bruce brown getting that signature contractually done Uh, The same with the long-term extension for Tyrese Halliburton, which, as I mentioned yesterday, good to see on both fronts. And I love the fact that the thinking, and again, may end up being wrong, but my thinking is you try to win in the now, and then you also, you don't compromise the thought process and what you're trying to do for later. I get that. I like it. I think you should, too. Again, you're only going to be sold on what you see. You may not like it right now. You may wonder why Bruce Brown right now. Maybe you even wonder about Obi Toppin. That, to me, was even easier. All right, so you'll trade for him. You get a year. You see what happens if he transforms into what people thought he was going to transform into and become something. Maybe you look at this place and go, you know, this is the place for me, and you have that relationship continuing to move down the line. Establish that. And again, a lot of it is being able to raise the bar on what you did a year ago. I think I speak for you. I think I speak for you and what you expect 
as far as next year is concerned, those level of expectations, I do believe that I speak just for you. I think we're on the same page with this. So Tyrese Halliburton gets that extension, the high-dollar one. Uh, Bruce Brown, the conversation a little bit earlier today, the number 11 in blue and gold. And uh, we'll await the uh, Obi Toppin official announcement. Kevin Pritchard, Rick Carlisle, Bruce Brown, all with that discussion a little bit earlier today. And then you get the uh, Summer League team getting set out in Vegas. Uh, so we got a lot. We got a lot to talk about. I know we're going to have a lot of people on to talk about that. Uh, pretty interesting time for the Pacers. A lot of you are pretty excited about this time as well. We'll see. I mean, it does. It does come down to being able to you know execute a plan and being able to kind of live through that plan on the fly here. You know, maybe it's not what you thought it was going to be this time a year ago. Yeah, whatever the case, you roll with it, and you roll with it right now. Uh, We'll talk about that. Tony East is going to join me coming up in the 4 o'clock hour. We will explain the financials. Explain the financials in terms of of the good. And we'll get inside Tony's thinking of what the Pacers operationally are thinking about this moving forward. And, you know, why, Obi Toppin, just besides what you gave away, you get a one-year, see what happens with a guy that didn't live up to expectations in New York. I mean, how much it how much of it was about those two games at the end of the year back in April against the Pacers, where he goes for thirty four and thirty two respectively? How much of that played a role? I mean, that that is that's taking a chance. It's doing two things too that we have talked about, and really I have mentioned over and over again that sometimes it drives me nuts. Is what you did is is you're taking a chance. You are. I mean, you're taking a chance. This guy could be really good. And then get the hell out of Dodge next year. You know what? I'm really good, but I don't want to be this level of good. Hey, this discovery has nothing to do with you. has everything to do with me and my skill set now being on the rise. So I'm going to go someplace else. But also what they're doing in taking a chance, which is what many people have suggested they do. But what you're also doing is you're utilizing. You're utilizing those those selections that draft leverage right the draft assets that we have to hear so much about you know oftentimes why it has been beneficial to see this team play well and then lose or at least how it's been explained to me but again as we talked about yesterday you're playing for both in the now and for the future you are, are trying to have your cake and eat it too which is completely a lame analysis but it's true And if it works on both ends, then fantastic. And if it doesn't, you really don't get too pinched by it. I mean, you got the decision on Brown coming up next year, and then, you know, Obi Toppin, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. You give a a couple of second rounders, then so be it. Right? That's how you look at it. It's not like you're, you're absolutely all in, but you're doing something while trying to take advantage of the interest level that people had even in a season in which you didn't make it to the postseason. You didn't make it to the playoffs. Yeah, trying to do that too. So we can discuss, and Tony East is really good about breaking down the numbers. You know me in numbers. I get play, I'm really past two plus two, and I go, hey, can somebody else do this blank? Because it's not going to be me. 
I mean, I've told you before, yeah, the the uh, monthly bills situation. I mean, come on, man. <laughs> you want to see see me try to work with insurance plans or 401ks in retirement? I'm such a disaster. I spent on the phone. I called about that the other day. Literally, I called about that the other day. That day before yesterday. I'm sure this is exactly what this poor lady expected on the 4th of July. Some clown that knows jack squat about what he's talking about, calling up and asking about it. So clueless. So the numbers via Tony East, who covers the Pacers coming up here in the 4 o'clock hour. And a downtime for the Colts. Mike Chapel, per usual, will join us coming up in the 5 o'clock hour. You know, I'll mention what we have to give away coming up a little bit later on, too. A lot of you had mentioned this. And this goes back to what I have talked about. And let, let's face it, there, there is no good path. There is nothing, and I don't care what your explanation might be, what evidence you have, or how you plead your case. There is not one that is better than the other. Nothing is better. You have one And it is just as likely as you're going to get screwed with what you have. Much like somebody right now may be getting similarly screwed. It's just a matter of time. You guys have any idea what I'm talking about? We brought this up before. We brought this up in terms of the Pacers on Bally Sports Indiana. And how a lot of you couldn't get it. You know, how their product couldn't get out to a lot of eyeballs because of that. And what I'm talking about is our television coverage. And a lot of you have reached out to me because you believe that I I beat the drum, pound the drum for DirecTV. Um, And I don't really. I don't. Because I've understood this. There are warts all over all of this crap. I mean, all over it. All right, you're just one month away from being a negotiating ploy from one side or the other. And what do they do? They compromise your viewing habits uh, to try to get a raise for them, one side or the other. And who gets screwed in this? It is the viewer. It is you. And as of late, it's me. So I don't necessarily beat the drum for DirecTV. I mean, it's ridiculous how much I pay. I mean, I should be, you guys should just whip my ass when you see me on the street. Go, you pay how much for that? Wait a minute, JMV, you like watch three channels. What are you doing paying? Just me. I'm a creature of habit. All right, I'm very routine oriented. And I don't want to mess with it. And I know this. And I I know in terms of of the Pacers or, or the local sports, right? The local sports, I know that it's going to be there. Like, I know I'm not going to have to blank around with trying to find the Reds or blank around with trying to find the Pacers. I know that it's always going to be there. Same thing goes collegiately. I know what's going to be there, so that's what I have. But this past week, I don't know if anybody noticed, and apparently you did because everybody was saying, hey, JMV, hey, Mr. Direct TV, now you're kind of hosed, aren't you? You know what? I'm not. And I'm not Mr. Direct TV because it's got as many problems as anybody else out there. Right now, this is how it stands as far as local TV is concerned. And I know that I can get an antenna, but you can take that antenna and you can shove it up your rear. Because I don't pay this amount of money to have to go out to Menards and buy a stinking antenna. 
I'm not going to wrap a ding-dong tinfoil wrapper on the end of it to try to pick up something better. The days of me climbing on top of my house or having that stupid clacker that sounded like a jackhammer we used to use to turn the antenna on top of the house or on a pole outside the house so you could get different channels. Those days are over. I'll just sit here and not watch it. So right now, right now, I don't even know which TV channel 8 hadn't been on my system in like three years. I didn't even know they were still going. I had no idea. So I haven't had that in three years. And I have now I don't have 59 or CBS 4. And what is so funny about it is, so I didn't even know it until the other night, and I turned it on because I go on with Hagen every Sunday night. I love going on with Hagen, and I go, hey, I'm going to watch our segment. Oh, wait a minute, I can't. <laughs> wait a minute, there's, it's not there. So, no, I've never, again, beat the drum for DirecTV. I am a creature of habit, and I know that it's a matter of time before I get host, just like anybody else might. Just like anybody with had UVerse or anybody that has um, whatever the hell, uh, YouTube TV, uh, anybody that's cut the cord and you can't find this and you can't find that. I have been screwed just like a lot of you. Now, granted, it would make a bigger impact if this were football season because obviously that's CBS and that's Fox. But yeah, right now, whatever. <laughs> whatever. We'll let Next Star is going to fight out with AT&T or DirecTV or however that goes, and we'll find out. But it's weird because I haven't had Wish TV channel late in like three years. So I guess sometimes this is endless. Now, think about that for a moment. I don't have I don't have CBS and I don't have Fox. I've got NBC and I have ABC here right now. And a lot of you have reached out to me about that. If there was something I could do about it, I'd do something about it. But there is just there is zero. Well, that's better than this, or this is better than that. When it comes down to it, here's what you have to decide. And I, I should do the same thing. But what you have to decide is what is going to be better for you. That's going to be better for you financially. You know, where your disposable income can go. Can you put that to better use someplace else? And I probably should be thinking about that, too. I have all these movie channels and not one Skinamax. Nothing. <laughs> not nothing. Zero. So, I have been struck by that as well. And this is a... Apparently, a beef between Nexstar and AT&T, the parent company of DirecTV, whatever the hell. And again, as I mention all the time, you just kind of, you're an end of a contract away from having them negotiate, not on their terms, but on your terms. And and you're the one that ends up kind of out in the cold. That stinks. That stinks. And again, I could, I, pr- I probably could go buy an antenna but it's almost like it's principal now wait a minute what am i gonna go buy an antenna i'll just go back in laney's room and watch pluto tv but i'm there right now and a lot of you have reached out about that and you're absolutely right no cbs and no fox i could not even watch myself the other night and believe me sunday was outstanding because i got loose on a sunday i got loose on a sunday both before and then during that's the one I wanted to see. Uh, alas, I could not. 
So I am in a house with those of you that have Dish Network, with those of you that have all these other providers, television providers. Let's just face it. I mean, we're all in the same gang on this. It's a matter of time before you're a part of it. But thank you for reaching out. All right, so I'm watching the Reds last night. By the way, the Reds went through a lengthy rain delay. They're back on with the Washington Nationals, which is a bummer for the Reds because they have a weekend set before you go to the uh, All-Star break. A weekend set with the Milwaukee Brewers. So this is kind of weird. I mean, now now you're going to get there later. That's in Milwaukee. Yeah, you kind of wish this would not have happened, but it did. No score, top of the third inning. I do want to get back to last night. If you're watching the Reds last night, and it doesn't make me mad when baseball goes baseball on us, when when they do things to, you know, like Dave Martinez did last night to De La Cruz, you got to check the knob of the bat. And whether or not you believe that there's something going awry here, you know, you're trying to get over on the Nationals here, here's what we know. What we know is that in baseball, you try to screw with somebody's head and or rhythm. That's exactly what Dave Martinez was trying to do. Here's the other thing we know. His baseball team is horrific, thus is incredibly frustrating to be at the helm. And you're probably going to do something, especially when all you're hearing about is the other team. This is what the other team is doing. The other team is great. The other team is this. The other team is that. And your team sucks. And I have experience with this. Because this has been every Reds fan for almost the entirety of a decade. Actually, over a decade. This has been a Reds fan. So the Reds fans know exactly how Dave Martinez feels. I thought Chris Wells said it best last night. All that happens to the Nationals... The mistakes, the stolen bases, what the Reds are doing to them. The 34 and 52. And all Reds fans would understand that you flip this script the past 10 plus years or so, that's been the Reds. That's what the Reds fans had to watch. That's what the Reds fans had to deal with. So, it didn't bug me that Dave Martinez checked now, be nice if MLB would get their, their act together a little bit and be able to say, all right, yeah, that's been cleared instead of having to blank around for about 10 minutes. But they did do that. And then the uh, next at bat, De La Cruz goes yard, 455, and then points toward his own dugout, the knob of his bat. And then Martinez got mad about that. I shouldn't say got mad, but he said he didn't like those particular antics. Well, let me tell you this. If you're going to put the antics out there, then return the favor on the antics should be acceptable. Let me tell you something else. I don't care who it is. I don't care if it's the Cardinals, a team that I dislike greatly. Baseball needs to have some stinking fun. All right. If somebody hits a home run off of you and they enjoy it, they want to see it, they enjoy it with their teammates, would you let it happen? Would you let it happen? Baseball needs to have some fun. I don't even know what that big deal. He's pointing in his own dugout. So, I mean, if you're going to go through 10 minutes of, well, I don't want this knob condom here on the end of this bat. Why is it there? It's got to be illegal. Let's check it out. You're going to go through 10 minutes of that. Then if my man goes 455 upper tank and then points to the knob of his bat, 
to his own dugout, that should be acceptable on all levels. That's it. That should be acceptable on all levels. And again, always keep this in mind. Sports are supposed to be fun. They're supposed to be fun. And believe me, again, this comes from a Reds fan that had to watch everybody have fun at their expense. It's been a month. This could all go in the crapper and turn around and go haywire in a second. But now Reds fans get a chance to have some fun. They know what it's like being on the other end of that. They know what it's like to be the Nationals. So good for them. And baseball fans have some fun, have some fun. Baseball players have fun. Basketball players have some fun. And everybody wants everybody to be outspoken and to be themselves until they're outspoken and then themselves, and then everybody wants to get mad. Are yelling, shaking their fist. Nah, I think Reds, Reds fans deserve to watch their team have a little bit of fun. It's only been a month. You know, last night was interesting. Afternoon baseball, we'll get to that school board coming up in just a bit, too. As I mentioned, we've got stuff to give away. The Jim Irsay Collection will be in Boston at TD Garden coming up on July the 15th. I'm going to get two qualifiers coming up later on today. Uh, two qualifiers. When you hear a re-entry, and this is how we're going to do it, Kevin Cronin, REO Speedwagon is going to be a part of that. So an REO song. Uh, Peter Wolf, Jay Giles Band is going to be a part of that. So solo Peter Wolf, Jay Giles Band, we do that. That's your cue to call. And Vince Gill is a part of it too. Vince Gill, as we just saw earlier today, as a part of the Eagles – Vince Gill has been recently. The Eagles and Steely Dan will be a Gambridge Fieldhouse. That was announced today coming up in October. If you hear something from, from the Eagles, something from Vince Gill, something from Pure Prairie League, that's going to be your cue to call. Number nine is going to get qualified. We'll get our qualifiers going through tomorrow and then announce a winner coming up on Monday's show. Again, July the 15th, TD Garden, the Jim Irsay Collection, which includes all the musical acts I mentioned. Uh, also includes a lot of former Colts, including Edger and James. I know he's going to be there. A lot of former Patriots players are going to be there. And we've got, I shouldn't say we, because I really have nothing to do with it. I'm just passing along the information and giving this thing a vehicle. But the Colts and the Goreman have you set up. Round trip airfare, hotel accommodations, transportation. July the 15th in Boston at TD Garden. So you listen to win that coming up later on today to be a qualifier, and then we'll select a winner coming up on Monday. Plus, we have Bourbon and Beyond Passes. That is going to be a weekend in September. That's going to be a blast. I'll explain that to you coming up a little bit later on. All right, so listen to win. Reds, by the way, top of three, one nothing over the Nationals. I mentioned a lot of afternoon baseball going on, including the Cubs and the Brewers. Yeah, Cubs and Brewers was fun. Actually, the Cubs and Brewers, that has been a fun series because you can tell there's been some back and forth here. Yeah, David Ross got mad. Uh, he got mad at the uh, the home plate umpire and the balls and strike calling. He got mad at that. He got mad at the roof. <laughs> he got tossed. No, that's been some good stuff right there. See, this is what you've noticed when – your favorite baseball team, because we don't have a baseball team here, and we're never going to have a baseball team here at the major league level. I mean, you're going to have victory field, and you're going to have fun going to watch the Indians. But major league baseball-wise, it's never going to happen here. But 
when you have a favorite team, it does do this. It makes you pay more attention to what else is going on. That is true. Cardinals fans have checked out. You watched their act last night, how they lost that game. They have completely checked out at the All-Star break. Reds fans, Cubs fans, Brewers fans, to a degree, the Tigers. Seems like White Sox fans, all five of them, are kind of into it right now, too. When your team is even half-assing it, or surprisingly so, or certainly doing well, you are more apt to be involved, not just with your team, but with everything else. And that's what we see happening right here. All right, quick break, and we shall return. There's plenty of reasons for you to hang around here, uh, much less to be a qualifier for the Jim Ursay collection, maybe to win Bourbon and Beyond passes coming up to and Tony East in the 4 o'clock hour. How the numbers match up and what might be the plan. And here's what I want to know more so than anything else regarding the Pacers. What may be some follow-up? Because clearly to me, clearly to me, like Bruce Brown was was like not like plan A. I don't know if that was plan A. I think that was an offshoot of other plans. And I don't have to know what the other plans were, what didn't happen. But it kind of seems like that this thing is fluid. Talk to Tony East about that top of the 4 o'clock hour. Mike Chappell in the 5 o'clock hour, 239-1070 is the number. Email the address at jmv1075thefan.com. Inside the lounge via YouTube Live, if you guys want to get in there, the conversation's already rocking. We shall do that and a lot more on this Thursday. In studio, James is here. I'm John. We'll get to your calls and a lot more coming up. HD Radio, the stream, the app, and 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The Ride with JMV. Hey, my buddy, Swanson, full steam ahead, over there. I want to go over there. I'll move over, Swanson, I'm driving. 93.5 and 107.5, The Fan. Tony East is going to be here coming up at the 4 o'clock hour inside the lounge via YouTube Live. Thank you for joining us. Why do you guys get upset because I can't get you involved in these giveaways inside the lounge? I guess I could. Do you guys feel left out? Do you guys feel inadequate? <laughs> like a low T. I'm going to put that in my low T center commercial. Well, ED commercial. You guys feel inadequate inside the lounge via YouTube Live because I clearly don't give you a good opportunity. And I know, too, I know a lot of you have told me this. While you're inside the lounge, and what this is, again, is YouTube Live, and people that listen to the show also get in there. It's like a little community, like a little degenerate community. And everybody gets in there, and they converse. And I think what is really cool about it for me is that I can I can carry on Two completely different conversations, one on the air, then one inside this lounge thing. I think that's cool because I wouldn't necessarily do this. Like there's stuff I talk about in there that I would not necessarily bring up here. So it's kind of fun that way. And most of it's just kind of messing around too. 
inside the lounge via YouTube Live. If I could think of a way to get you guys involved more in the giveaway, uh, I would. And I, I need to think about a way how I can get you guys a little bit of sound during the breaks here, too. <laughs> Gritty says there's a lot of inadequacy lounge in this lounge. It's a great deal of inadequacy there. But I mean, hell, I jump in there too. Look how inadequate I am. Like the poster child of inadequacy right here. And I saw this a little bit earlier. Zach Lowe has a podcast talking about the NBA and he brought up the Pacers. Uh, and I thought about this a little bit. I uh, thought about the Pacers in terms of not handing out offer sheets any longer or not doing it at least in the foreseeable future after they did that this time last year, if you remember, for DeAndre Ayton. And you want to know why? Is it because that move was stupid? It's why. You imagine? Look at the incredible landmine that they sidestepped right there. I don't care what you say. I don't care what you think about Miles. I don't care if you don't care that he thinks about fashion too much or Legos too much. He proved it. I won this debate. I won this argument. I won it going away. Everybody else can just be quiet about that. But the Pacers sidestep trouble right there. So I I would agree. Imagine that. About 90 minutes right there that went down of content. About this time a year ago, 90 minutes of, oh, wow, look what they did. I think Phoenix is probably sitting around right now, or their new owner, what's his name, Ishbia, is going, hey, man. This could have been better if, alas, it is not. Ooh, I love this right here. Jeremiah Wheatley in Pittsburgh has the Reds on one television and the ride with JMV on the other. I think that's a sweet experience you got working in your house. Jeff Hopkins chimes in. So Hulu plus live TV, JMV, 75 bucks a month. See, I don't want to give you how much I pay because then you're going to go, oh, you're just trying to big time us all. No, I'm not trying to big time you. I am the dumbest ass in the world. Seriously. You are listening to one of the world's dumbest right here. I could not make a more ridiculous decision. So even that alone kind of explains. I will say this. It's up It's up in the two bills area here. Two bills. What am I doing? What? And there is not even. Think about a person like me. I mean, I feel like that I get what I need, what's necessary right now. But it's not even a sure thing that I'm always going to catch some nudity when I troll around (laughs) what am i paying for so no and and jeff hulu and live tv probably works most of the problem with me again is just routine oriented see skivvy says when i consider living direct tv i think about 23 years of channel numbers embedded in memory i don't even know those i'll give you a great example i get the espn2 by going to 206 and then hitting the down button three times. I have no idea what that channel is. I get the Pacers by going to 371 and hitting the down button twice. I have no idea what any of these channels are. I mean, I, I can get someplace. Right? I can get someplace. 
That's about it. It's, it's like if I'm going to France and, okay, I'm going to go to Paris and then I'll branch out and figure everything out later. If I'm going to Greece, well, here's Athens and here's everything else. The Santorini's down here. It's embarrassing. I'm embarrassing. See, Rex says that would be 209. You've got to remember who you're dealing with here. Eric's at 239-1070. Eric, thank you for joining the show. How are you? Hey, JMV. I'm doing good. Uh, I want to talk about the Pacers, uh, uh-huh. specifically about the moves they've they've made. I I, I was critical of Kevin Pritchard for a lot of years, and I yeah. and I can honestly say this this off season he's just blown it out of the water, man. I mean, I just I love the team we have, um, and and everybody's hyped up about Bruce Brown. I like Bruce Brown. My only question is, he's six four, and they're talking about starting him at small forward. That yeah. that's wow. But but what I but I do like it. But what uh, but Obi Toppin to me, when you look at at athletic power forwards from the past, like I four instantly come to mind. These power forwards just aren't that athletic. One being Sean Kemp, the other being Amari Stoudemire, Blake Griffin, and then you have the downfall is Pro Miles Swift. And if I can just see Halliburton throwing lobs up to Obi Toppin and him instantly averaging 20 points a game here and eight boards. And I'm hoping, you know, you have a Gary Payton, Sean Kemp kind of thing because the guy is a highlight real man. Well, we didn't really see that until the end of the season this past year either, did we? And we saw it I mean, we saw it front and center, Eric against the Pacers. Now, I mean, you can make the argument, well, the Pacers can't guard anybody, so that's logically going to happen but I I would admit, not even so much what you're talking about, but when I watched him play against the Pacers, he was facing up draining threes. You know, there was a hand hand up there so I I think what you're banking on is your centerpiece is Halliburton and just what you're talking about right here that he will make him better. He will make him better with his presence alone. So to me, it is ask. It's no risk and nothing but reward. Now, what could be a bummer is if he has a really good year and then decides to go someplace else. And the reason why he had the good year is not those around him here in Indiana. But it to me, it's an incredibly logical risk to take. Well, and I've been critical of Miles forever, and and to your credit, you you haven't been. But what it does too, OB top next to Miles for the first time, you've got that power forward that that can where he can play more low, and Miles can play more up top. That's never been able to happen, you know, it, because Sabonis really wasn't an athletic power forward. He he was more like a center power forward. I I love him alongside Miles Turner. I just think it'll make Miles Turner such a better player, you know. But and and we're stacked at power forward between him and Jarris Walker. I mean, we beefed up our power forwards a lot. Yeah. Well, so. and, and again, the, the thing that you have with with Toppin is it is almost like it's a year long rental to see what you can find, and then if it's good to convince him that this is the spot. You know what I mean? Or if it's bad, then he goes someplace else and there's really no harm, no foul. And you're getting back to Bruce Brown. The defensive aspect of it, I do understand. I mean, there is certainly a log jam at that particular position. But if they're going to move him around and say, hey, go out and guard some guys that they struggled at guarding, we'll see if he's going to be able to do it. Because you mentioned he is six foot four. But I would rather see him give that a try defensively than we saw Buddy Heel try to do similarly that 
you know, a number of times a year ago, and that normally doesn't work out. Not that I don't want Buddy out there. I just don't want him in charge of having to guard somebody that is a wing that he can't guard because he struggles in doing that. So giving Bruce Brown an opportunity at that, I have zero problem with. That, that's the one question I have, I have for you, JMB, is that when you look at the guards we have, we have Halliburton, McConnell, Heald, Matherin, and I, I consider Bruce Brown a guard. Does yeah. this put Buddy Heald with one more year on his contract now that you got Bruce Brown? Does that make him more likely to trade and not extend? And also, just one more question, sorry. Yep. Uh, I, I'm wondering about taking a flyer on somebody like a bowl bowl off the bench that was a top i think 15 pick that maybe we could do something with uh bo bowl ends up in philly he signed okay, with the sixers yeah he signed he signed with the sixers so they're they're taking a chance on him what was that the first one about buddy Heald? thank you eric for the call buddy Heald. we'll find out if he digs coming off the bench and i've made this argument regarding buddy is you take away his volume three-point making and you're not going to get to 125 in a game or 130 in a game. Thus, you better hope your defense is markedly better. I don't know if I see that. Like, I would trust more the offense still being there than I would all of a sudden. I mean, even with Bruce Brown, this defense transforming into something that we certainly did not see it for the most part this past year. So... I, I question that. To me, to me, Buddy Heal's going to be handled. The decision is going to be made hardcore at the trade deadline coming up in February. You want to see how it works. If he's coming off the bench, is the sixth man? Is that offensive production still there? Now, we were talking yesterday whether or not he would like it. Well, most of the time, that depends on whether or not he's having success, whether or not your team is having success. And uh, we'll find out. I saw Adrian Wojnarowski mention this. The Kings are acquiring Pacers guard Chris Duarte for two second-round picks. Sources tell ESPN Pacers receive a 2028 second via Dallas and the Kings a 2030 second-round pick. Trade will be finalized today. So that trade is being finalized today. One reported over a week ago, but finalized today. And then I'm assuming we'll hear something regarding Obi Toppin coming up here relatively soon as well. I love it. Here's what I love about this. I, I tweeted something out about racks a little bit earlier today, right? And if I if I'm a a restaurant entrepreneur around here, just given the feedback from my Twitter account alone, I would think about trying to get a trademark here locally to open up another Racks location. Or again, I think the only one right now that would be in the state of Indiana. I don't know where it is. I don't know how much that would cost. But if I'm somebody out there that's thinking about sinking some money into um, you know, a restaurant location like that, you know, a brand name restaurant look, because it seems like everybody around here, I have not found anybody that dislike racks. I had no idea. Nobody. And to this, if you match it up against Arby's, Arby's got no chance. Anybody out there that's got deep, deep pockets, thick wallet, 
know how much that would cost. I'm sure that Jim McCann in Southern California can look it up online and find out how, you know, getting a location of racks may cost, but I have not encountered anybody, and I've heard from a ton that dislike racks and would not go back. Just a thought. Just a thought for those of you that got a lot of cash and you want to spend it. <laughs> go do it. Not mine. Go do it. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, JMV, your guy Chris Hagan gave the Cubs some love on sports last night, but nothing for the Reds. Hagan, Hagan, Hagan. Oh, no. Then Hagan sent this out. He sent me the rundown sheet, Jeremiah. It had an IU update. Uh, Reds and Nats, Cubs and Brewers, and then hot dog toppings. <laughs> yes, he did. Jeremiah got answered right there by Hagen. All right, quick break, and we shall return. Tony East will help figure out some of those Pacers financials coming up at the top of the hour. Mike Chappell on the 5 o'clock hour. Remember your chance to qualify for that trip to Boston with the Colts. Jeffrey Gorman, going to thank the Colts, the Gorman, and Jim Ursay. The Jim Ursay Collection TD Garden, July the 15th. Your chance to qualify. Listen to win for that coming up. And Bourbon and Beyond passes also on the way before 6. 93.5, 1. 107.5 The Fan. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The Ride with JMV. Get him a body bag! Yeah! <laughs> 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Uh, this sounds like Jay Giles' band, which sounds like Peter Wolf, which sounds like a qualifying opportunity for you. Reds won nothing over the Nationals, bottom of the fourth inning. A rain delay in the second inning has this thing a little bit off the timing mark right now. Uh, keep you updated on that. Reds got a big one over the weekend, a big setup with the uh, Brewers, Milwaukee. Yeah, number nine at 239-1070, a qualifier for the Jim Ursay Collection, a trip to Boston July the 15th. Airfare, round trip, hotel accommodations, transportation, thank you Colts, and thank you Gorman for that. Top of sixth inning, Brewers get ahead of the Cubs, 4-3, top of the sixth in Milwaukee. Slowly but surely, we'll crack that roof open maybe shut it open it up shut it <laughs> i love it uh white Sox, blue jays a late afternoon affair 510 from the south side of chicago yeah i know yeah, i was gonna mention the cardinals and the marlins um yeah last night the way that thing ended i had completely forgotten true story i had completely forgotten Chip Carey was the television voice of the Cardinals. Completely forgotten. Uh, Do you like the way that ended last night? Walk-off throwing error. (laughs) Very bad news bears-like. Which is outstanding. Sorry. Shouldn't laugh. 
Uh, Jeffrey Burgess writes this. So break of day elementary school took a field trip to the racks that was at the Smith Valley 31 area around 90 or 91. Don't make me sad because that's not too far from where I live. There was the Lotus Garden and Jerry's Restaurant across the street off of Madison Avenue. Uh, the uh, Lotus Garden is now transformed into a car wash. I believe that is a Kopesky's car wash down there. Shout out to my uh, friend John Mandebach. But I remember the Lotus Garden. Well, that was the uh, second. I ate at the Peach Garden in Bloomington. Uh, Lotus Garden was the top of that list back then. But I did not know that there was a racks out there. I'm selling right now. Do it. Somebody's got deep pockets. Find out how much it would take. It seems like it's can't miss. Nobody that responds to me dislikes racks. It's crazy. Absolutely crazy. Hey, JMV, I also share your concern regarding there being too many at guard, adding Bruce Brown for that money. But also, if he can guard somebody, he can guard somebody. And there's clearly that is a desperate need for this Pacers team. And that's that's where everything else can be put on the side. And you can debate that later. I mean, first of all, at, at some point, they're going to have to spend money. At some point, you're going to have to do it. All right, so I got to do it. And, and I hate to put it in. You don't want to put it in that fashion because that's not the best compliment for Bruce Brown. I'm not saying that at all. Him playing defense here is necessary because (laughs) nearly nobody plays defense here. That is such a need. You just cross your fingers and you hope that he's able to play defense where it has been necessary on the wing oftentimes matched up with those that would be five or six inches taller than him and what that response might be. The one thing is true. You're not going to have to turn him on and off every night, man. He's going to get it going. And then he's, I mean, he's playing, playing to want to be around here. He's also playing for the future. I don't know if this was asked today. I'll ask Tony East at the top of the hour. I, I kind of wonder what happened. If you remember after the Nuggets won the uh, NBA championship, Michael Malone was very outspoken. Seemed like he was incredibly drunk and outspoken during the, the Nuggets parade in Denver, stating how much he wanted Bruce Brown back to the point where he said he will be back. I'm kind of wondering how that dialogue went down. I don't know if that was asked earlier today. There's something I would like to ask Bruce Brown one of these days, how that dialogue went down. Uh, Just a thought. We'll talk to Tony East about that coming up at the top of the hour. SPT chimes in with this. I like Steely Dan, but the last few times I felt like they had to wheel Donald Fagan out there. I saw Steely Dan when Walter Becker was still alive. I think Walter Becker passed away in 2017. Inaccurate. Walter Becker was still alive, and Chris Hagen and I went to the Mira Old National Center, had great seats, and watched it. And I was more surprised at, generationally speaking, those that were 10, 15, 20 years older than me sparking up inside the Mira more than anything else. But I thought they were great. And listen, 
I know that there's going to be a huge difference because Walter Becker is not going to be around. I would just, I would ask you not to try. And I said this about the Eagles earlier today. There's no more Glenn Fry. Vince Gill's in. So I wouldn't try to compare what you're going to see in October to what maybe you first saw in 1977. That's an unfair comparison. I wanted to stir the memories because I'm probably right and suggesting they're good memories for you. But you want the great memories to occur and feel good about it, but what you don't want, you don't want to say, well, you know what, 77 was great, and this is just like a, no pun intended here, uh, you know, a skeleton of what it once was. Don't look at it that way. Or at least try not to look at it that way. For some of you, it's difficult not to, and I get it. Try not to look at it that way. Yaney writes this, I worry that Buddy's trade value goes down too much if he comes off the bench and struggles. And that is a roll of the dice right there. You know what, Yaney? The one thing we never really knew is what Buddy Heald's trade value was in the first place. You agree? I don't know if we ever knew that. Again, all this is somewhat make-believe, just kind of made up. I don't think we really understood. I do know this. If his tra- This will be a bummer because I think if he struggles in whatever capacity offensively, then I think offensively this team is going to struggle and not be the same. And I, when I'm trying to balance things out, I just don't see the defense catching up that quickly regardless. Talk to Tony East about that coming up at the top of the hour. Get a qualifier too. Now, one more qualifier to get for the Jim Mercy Collection in Boston, that July the 15th day to TD Garden. Also, Bourbon and Beyond passes to give away before the end of the show. And your calls at 239-1070, hour two, straight ahead. 93-5107-5, the fan. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The Ride with JMV. Two more minutes. They could be miles off course. That's impossible. They're on instruments. A real sweat. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Mike Chappell's going to be here in the 5 o'clock hour. Right in front of this building, they were doing what is called the spark on the circle. I mean spark up on the circle either, by the way. That would be illegal, but spark on the circle. It's a temporary park on the southwest side, which is, again, right in front of our building. The uh, soft launch evidently is coming up on Saturday. The grand opening is next Tuesday. I don't know how everybody feels about this, but here's what I would ask, okay? I would ask for people not to blank this up, okay? <laughs> Just don't screw, don't mess around with this and screw it up. You can figure it out a little bit later whether or not it works downtown or whatever it does, but just don't blank this up. And I know that people that blank it up probably or would be maybe anticipating anticipated in this case to blank it up aren't listening right now but let's pass this along i love this astroturf looks like the backyard of the brady bunch right here i love that 
Love it. There needs to be like some holes out there. You can like put some golf balls around. I kind of like the way that it looks. I kind of like the way that it looks. Let's hope people don't blank with it here. Don't do that. Yeah, hopefully so. But that is going on outside our building right now. I love the Brady Bunch backyard. It was great. I like a couple of different times when Greg was out there mowing. He was out with on those mowers. Anybody have those mowers? I think they're making a comeback right now. I don't know with who and why, but the mowers, that they don't take gas or power. You just push it, and they have the blades, and they cut like our grandparents used to have. I think Beaver cut his yard that way. I don't want to cut my yard like Beaver. <laughs> I want my yard to be cut courtesy of the mower shop and Fishers. And Paul, that's how I want my yard cut. But it appears that that's making a comeback right now. It would take me to do, again, I'm not trying to, to big shot it. I'm just telling you why. Because um, I like living out. I like living out and, and having some some space between here. Um, it would take me about three days to do my yard with that. Now, people are using that now. It's that automatic thing. I guess manual mower. No power. Hey, before I get to Tony East, let me get Kent in here at 239-1070. Hello, Kent. Hey, there's a racks over in New Carlisle, Ohio, which is a suburb of Dayton, northeast side. I'm telling you, Kent, if somebody with deep pockets around here oh, would yeah. bring it back... I have I've never like normally my Twitter account is is 50-50 at best on you know debates or whatever but it is 100% on board with racks every time it is tweeted about here so somebody is missing out on a lot of money somebody that's got some deep pockets should try to take advantage of this don't you think Oh uh, yeah years ago apartment complex I lived in this is back in the 80s uh, there was a guy who lived there who was a regional manager for those guys and uh, I, there was one close to us, too, up at 71st and uh, uh, Benford also. So, yeah, I missed the place. You know that original was called Rick's? Do you remember that? I do not. I just remember it being Rack's with locations, a couple in Bloomington, one in Bedford, Indiana. It was the place to be, brother. They were the, they were the best. Somebody with deep pockets, get a hold of that. Get a hold of that local trademark and go to work and see if my theory is inaccurate. Everybody loves it. Now, members of the younger generation are going, what in the hell are you talking about here? Like our next guest via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline from Locked On Pacers, SI, and stuff I get. It is uh, Tony East. If I bring up if I bring up the uh, the uh, roast beef establishment called Racks, would you know what I'm talking about? Uh, uh, no, I don't think this is the flying start I, I uh, wanted coming in, but no, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, you roll the dice and take your chances on this show, brother. Let me tell you. <laughs> you do. No, Rax, Rax is, uh, was a competitor to Arby's in the day. And I think that would probably be the biggest deal. I'm trying to advocate, be an advocate of bringing it back, somebody opening up a new racks here locally because there are zero but i think that may be the stumbling block is you know those of your generation have no stinking idea what i'm talking about <laughs> i haven't had arby's in forever either roast beef is just not something i i seek out that much 
There's a, a me problem at this point. Well, I mean, that's why. I mean, Rax has got a menu that's like 19 pages long. <laughs> oh, how could you even have them? I don't know. I mean, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hey. So anyway, uh, Tony East is with us. I, I said this as far as the deals we have seen to this point regarding the Pacers, and and I've told you this. I, I wanted to see them try to win now, while also not compromising the future and the plan. I was okay with them trying to expedite winning, but you know, not again compromising further down the road. And it appears to me that's exactly what they're trying to do with these moves this offseason. Would you agree? A hundred percent, JMB, I do. I mean, obviously Tyrese Halberton's his own thing. That's you know, the best move they could have made all summer. If they did nothing else and did that, that would have been great. But getting two players that fit in need, fit their team stylistically in, in Bruce Brown and OB Toppin. I guess Toppin's not official, but I mean, we all know. Um, you know, who fit really well with the way they play and are talented and to get them at the price they did, but also to get them on shorter deals, right? Toppin only has one year left on his contract. They'll, they could keep him if they want, but only one year left. Bruce Brown has the one year and then team option for the second year. Like, they definitely got better this year. They'll learn a lot about their team and their attempts to win. And they also maintained the, as they like to say, optionality to maybe go for bigger fish next year, or even if they want to just keep the team that they had this year, if it goes really well. And so that's a good way to kind of get better, push the accelerator a little bit, build around Tyrese Halberton, but also keep your options open. If you're ready to take an even bigger step next year, if things go well, because they certainly got better, and they certainly did uh, did a good job keeping the flexibility open while doing it. Yeah, it's uh, Tony East who joins us talking Pacers. Were you like me a little bit on Friday when this news broke? Were were you? Did you have to stop and think exactly the the benefit for Bruce Brown initially? Because initially it almost was like, all right, they have to spend some money, so they're spending it right now. But I will say this: the more and more you thought about it, especially since I sit around all the time and complain about their lack of defense, the more and more you thought about it from that standpoint, the more and more it made sense. Yeah, you know, I thought that, I mean, you know, I think with the the way the salary caps kind of jumped in the league the last couple of years, there's going to be sticker shock at the value of a lot of contracts for the next couple of years, especially when the new TV deal hits in two seasons. But yeah, I mean, I think it's a great idea for the Pacers to, and, I, and this is kind of what I floated to some people too, like he's the second best player who changed teams as a free agent, right? Like that's getting a good player in free agency is hard now. The NBA free agency is not what it used to be, right? A lot of players extend their contract or, get traded before they just know where they're going to go. They re, a lot of guys resign. Like Bruce Brown was the second best guy who changed teams. And it just so happens that he's also a brilliant transition player and does a lot of the guard guard screening stuff. The Pacers are good at and uh, can play defense at the point of attack. Something the Pacers were atrocious at last year. We've talked about that. I think every time I've talked to you, JMB. So, you know, all those boxes that he checks, even if it's a, it just like structurally wasn't the contract everybody expected when they heard Bruce Brown to the Pacers is I think a really good deal. I mean, and and from a Bruce Brown's perspective, right, he could be a free agent again next year. Like, he'll be uber-motivated all season long, and he'll fit in really well with this team. And uh, the Pacers get a guy that checks a lot of boxes. Like, outside of the immediate sticker shock, I think it's a win-win for everybody and kind of 
shows the direction the league and the Pacers are going right now. All right, so very outspoken, uh, even through his uh, somewhat drunkenness in that parade in Denver last month, was Michael <laughs> Malone, the head coach of the Nuggets, about how he expected to keep Bruce Brown. I know you were down there today. Did you guys find out what, how the dialogue went between he and the Nuggets about trying to keep him, or was it a foregone conclusion after that particular coaching drunken state that that would not happen? Yeah, I think once Bruce Brown got the champagne out of his hair, that decision became a little different for him. It sounds like today what he told us was he took a call from the New York Knicks in free agency and then took a call from the Pacers, and then he signed with the Pacers because he thought that was the best situation for him. So, you know, as great as the Nuggets situation was for him in terms of he's a perfect fit with what they needed and uh, won a championship, obviously, I think as soon as he was kind of in a more understanding state of his future – they could only pay him $7.5 million basically this year. That's the most the Nuggets could have afforded to pay him. The Pacers tripled that basically, right? Like it was to me a no-brainer for him when it comes to that. And it's a, it's more of a no-brainer for him than other players in a similar situation because he hasn't made that much in his career. I mean, compared to NBA players, obviously compared to you and I, he's made a ton, but he hasn't made that much compared to a lot of NBA players with his resume. So to go get that big contract, for the first time and potentially even be a free agent again next year or get another big contract from the Pacers. Like that all had to be very appealing from a financial perspective. And the fact that they blew the Nuggets top off out of the water by so much, I think had to be uh, enough to get Bruce Brown to go, okay, it doesn't make sense for me to go back. So yeah, as much what do you say? Brucey B screamed at the top of his lungs in front of the parade. I, I don't think Michael Malone's sales pitch went, uh, went, went well enough to keep him there. Hey, Tony, how much was it? Wanting Bruce Brown and what he brings to the table compared to having to spend the money anyway? Oh, I think it really is wanting Bruce Brown um, because they were still so far from the floor that, like, you know, even they could have done less and still made it over that number. So I truly think they really wanted him and wanted to be to their offers. And the way I've kind of thought about it in my head, I haven't actually confirmed this to anybody who works in the league, but a lot of playoff teams that are over the cap could have offered him about $12 million, a little over that, a year for two years, which is like $24 million. So if Bruce Brown gets 22 from the Pacers, has an awful year, he'll get the minimum from someone next year, and then he'll still have made more money over two years than any of those offers could have been. So I think that it just made a ton of financial sense for him and for the Pacers to do this, given kind of the new way the CBA entices teams to, to reach that salary floor and uh, the way that Bruce Brown's free agency ended up shaking out. So yeah, they had to spend somewhere. I think that Probably helped Bruce Brown a little bit, but I mean, especially because they got that team option on the second year, right? That's expensive to get. That's hard to do. That flexibility on good players is really hard to create. So, yeah, again, I, I keep saying this phrase. So I think it's perfect. That sticker shock is high, but I think it makes a lot of sense with the flexibility of the Pacers and of Bruce Brown. Do they have too many guards? And <laughs> here, here's, I guess, how you, do you answer it in the the form of, you know, what if they play better defense? If that's better because of his presence, then so what? Is that how you answer that? I think that they do have one too many still. Like, someone decent might just not play this coming season in those one, two, three spots. And I don't know who you would opt to have that be if you're the Pacers. But it's also hard to just send somebody away to send somebody away. But it's hard to have a lot of guys who expect or are deserving of minutes on a team. And maybe it's possible for them to have a deep rotation and get all those guys out there. I haven't really mapped out exactly what the minutes will look like. But certainly a guy like Bruce Brown coming in, I mean, he's getting – you know, about 30 minutes a game, I would guess. Whether he starts or not doesn't really matter. I don't think to him or to the Pacers. He'll just he'll play a lot. He's good. Um, but between him and Nemhard and Heald and Matherin and Neesmith and 
Halliburton and McConnell, obviously. It's a lot of guys in those spots. Like, I think that was certainly some of the motivation behind this Chris Duarte trade. So they still probably have one too many to truly give everybody the minutes they either have earned or deserve. And maybe that's just something we'll have to talk out with all those guys when the season starts, or maybe there's a surprise positional change to come for somebody or something. I don't know, but it sure seems like it's going to be tougher than to fit all those guys in, even with the, the trading of Chris Duarte. Oftentimes, Tony, when we talk about the guards in this fashion, somebody will bring up, well, you don't necessarily need TJ McConnell. And I have tried to describe what I believes or what I believe that he brings to the table and what they would lose if he were someplace else. And, you know, I, I make that comparison with that of Buddy Heald, but you can easily see that. I mean, the volume of three-making you can see, but oftentimes you can't see what McConnell brings to the table. But certainly I believe that is something that the Pacers cannot be good without, be better without. I think it's necessary for that off-the-bench group right there. However, is that a luxury that with all these guards, this Pacer team may not be able to afford going into the season here? Yeah, they'll have to think hard about that, right? He's been such a state, a, a big part of their second unit for all these years. And an added thing for him right this second is that they make no other move. They don't have George Hill or James Johnson anymore. So he becomes you know, the vet, right? And that's significant for this Pacers team who's still like, yeah, they got older and they have some other vets like Miles and now Bruce Brown and Buddy Heald, but losing two key locker room voices, you'd like to keep as many of those as you can. And that would be huge for McConnell, even if he isn't playing very much. But, I mean, you've seen him over the years and he can do for the second unit. And something that I think is important that he does is he can play similar enough to Halliburton in terms of his speed and ability to push the pace that, they don't have to change their identity and style when they go to the bench, which is sometimes hard when your identity is built around one player as much as the Pacers kind of is. So I think the way he plays is significant and helpful for the team. He was clearly good last year um, and has kind of found his groove and fit with Rick Carlisle. The three-pointer has been added to his game a little bit, right? There's a lot of reasons he's good and should play. I also get why people say, you know, he maybe he should be the odd guy out, just given the names that they have at the positions that they have, and there will be injuries. Like, everybody will get to play enough during the season, it's just, you know, it's kind of hard to figure out who should be the odd guy out because McConnell's played so well and it's such a key voice for this team. So there's really not a good pitch to make for anybody, which is kind of why this is such a difficult conversation, right? Like there's no obvious candidate for who should or shouldn't play. So Tony East joins us again. Forbes Sports, WTHR.com, Locked on Pacers. He's with us via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. The presser to introduce after he signed his contract, Bruce Brown, to the media earlier today happened. Tony was there covering that. I'm, I'm kind of curious. I don't know if this came up or not, um, so maybe this is just your opinion. Was was this a main move, a 1A move by the Pacers in Brown, or was it a secondary move because the market in which they were going to investigate dried up quickly? Well, 1A move was uh, given $260 million to Tyrese Halbert. No, I'm just, yeah, I'm just talking about the Bruce Brown situation. <laughs> right, I, yeah. I know. I, I, yeah. I, I think that's such a big story. Yeah, with Bruce Brown, you know, I think they talked about that around the draft, right? They sniffed around on. I think Chad Buchanan said five or six guys that they thought would be really talented fits for them, you know, from a position and talent perspective. And, you know, it takes two to tango, and it's hard to sometimes find those trades and find those guys that are amenable to, to come into your team. And it's not like between the draft and free agency in that one week, all of a sudden the team is going to significantly change its stance. So 
with those options, like we saw at the table when free agency started, sure, there were maybe some other stuff they could have explored, but you know, guys don't change teams as much anymore, right? That's something I tried to allude to earlier. It's just it's harder to, to poach those bigger names, and that's why I think you know Bruce Brown's probably the second-best guy who changed teams after Fred Van Vliet just as a Ross signing this summer. So if they had bigger plans in free agency, which I, I would uh, say is possible, I think a lot of those would have been via trade, and they investigated a lot of those kind of in the draft and knew that, it would either take a lot or wasn't necessarily feasible. And maybe some of those are still on the table, right? The league is, has really slowed down transactionally since we heard about Damian Lillard uh, just late on July 1st, early on July 2nd, which really changes the dynamics of trades and team building uh, for the rest of the summer until you know everybody knows where everybody is and where the money is and where the opportunity is. So uh, as it stands, perhaps they do still have some bigger plans. But I think Bruce Brown is pretty close to a, a top option of an actual signing just given which players were available and actually changed teams. It's uh, Tony East with us. Obi Toppin seems to be an absolute no-brainer here. I mean, if you're going to take really a no-risk proposition on somebody, especially that somebody that burned you to a crisp down the stretch in April offensively, <laughs> uh, somebody that you saw up close and personal, I mean, this would be it right here, would it not? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, th- those two games were ridiculous. I mean, he 66 points in, yeah. in two games, and you know, that he looked like the best player on the floor by a mile. And that was part of the thing that I think was so fascinating with him with the Knicks is when he played a lot, he typically played pretty well, but he never could play a lot because they had all these vets who fit their team really well. Like, they made the second round of the playoffs. They were a good team last year. I don't think they made any wrong choices. It's just they were trying to win, and they felt better about Julius Randle and Mitchell Robinson and some other guys in that front court rotation most of the time. So he couldn't get those opportunities like Pacers fans saw late in the season very often. Like last year, he only scored more than 20 points in a game three times. And two of them were ridiculous 30-plus outings against the Pacers, right? So they've seen the absolute best of him. To me, even if he's not that guy, like the price they got him for, absolute no-brainer trade to, to get him for – two seconds that don't even look like they're that strong of seconds as Dustin Dopierak tweeted uh, like an hour ago, you know, at that price, you do that trend every single time. Even if he comes to the Pacers and is a bad culture fit and kind of stinks it up. Well, great. You drafted Jarris Walker. You've got other guys you can squeeze in at the four. No problem. You didn't give up anything too significant. And there's a chance he with minutes kind of proves that he can shoot a little better. Maybe his defense improves. Like he never got a consistent role with the Knicks An absolute no brainer to me from a style fit, from an age perspective, from a from a what they gave up perspective, I, I think that was a really great trade by the Patriots. Hey Tony, were they surprised or were they in the know regarding Ronald Norad and that jump to the Hawks? Uh, I don't know necessarily how surprised or not surprised they were. The thing that surprised me is the Hawks had announced their staff, you know, a couple weeks ago for the year. Like they have a they hired a new head coach last season in Quinn Snyder. And they hired a ton of assistant coaches. Like Mike Bray from Notre Dame's on that Hawk staff now among, I think they hired like seven or eight assistant coaches, which is a huge staff. And so, of course, you can have as many assistants in theory as you want. And Nora's really talented. But, yeah, I was surprised he would join such a giant staff that already had been announced. <laughs> but, you know, maybe he got the job he wanted or the role he wanted or whatever he financially wanted. I have no idea what his main reason for wanting to do that was nor what the Pacers truly felt about him leaving, but he was a really he's a really talented coach, sharp young dude. So uh, I think that could end up being a significant loss for the Pacers, even though they have you know great other internal candidates to fill those spots. But I personally was surprised, even though it's not what you asked, 
just because of how large the Hawks staff already was and because they'd already announced several hires throughout the offseason. You think there would have been uh, a thought? I'm not suggesting there was a thought at all, but would there have been a thought about bringing back Dan Burke had they known at the time this was going to be the direction of Norit? Yeah, Burke did switch teams this summer too, right? He's in Detroit now uh, with Monty Williams, so perhaps he was maybe available for defensive purposes. I don't know what kind of relationship Dan Burke has with current Pacers coaching staff or executives anymore because this was the front office when he started here, so he certainly knows them to some extent. But, I mean, Norad was in charge of the defense last year and had they could have lined it up perfectly and Denberg was interested, sure, why not? I mean, I've talked to players who, you know, worked on defense their whole life and have learned stuff from Denberg. They were like, I can't believe I never thought of that before. And, like, it immediately made them better. And, you know, you saw with Boyan Bogdanovich, I think, was the, the, the best – kind of example of what that could be like his first year with the Pacers he got a little better at defense from where his perception was and then his second year he was still kind of underwhelming but was like a league average level defender after being pretty terrible joining the team like that was kind of what Dan Burke was really good at is getting those kind of players to be much more effective on that end of the floor so yeah the timing didn't work out he'd already taken a job in Detroit but yeah had it been possible and had the relationships gone right yeah I think that would have made sense for yeah and, and especially with a team that uh, certainly has a desperate need <laughs> defensively it would have, would have made sense but I, you're selling that a little short even I think I, I think so too yeah but they, they uh I should say they but he Rick really likes Jim Boylan though right yeah they have a he likes having him around last year as a consultant and uh, I'm sure they have a relationship before since Rick knows every coach in league since he's president of the coaches association but Boylan has really good experience right he's the head coach of the Bulls a couple of years ago and he was even with the Pacers in Vogel's first full season with the franchise so he's coached a ton he coached Team USA a bunch too like he knows he knows the landscape of the league well he knows the landscape of coach well to have him behind the benches he's pretty overqualified for that spot so I think he'll be an asset to the Pacers in that role especially just he knows the ins and outs of the league so well and uh, clearly they they valued what he was doing as a consultant last year enough that they wanted to keep him around so uh, yeah, I think they know each other well, and, and I think he'll be a good fit in that role. All right. Now, you think there's anything that comes out of what happens to Damian Lillard that could have a profound or at least somewhat profound effect on the Pacers in the near future? Uh, it depends on who ends up where. Like, you know, it, it, it sounds funny to say because they just made the finals, but, like, the Heat's record wasn't that much better than the Pacers for a lot of last season. And yeah. the Pacers team trying to make the playoffs – uh, catching anybody that they can is important. So the Heat getting better would certainly hurt them in that way. Or if he goes to Brooklyn, same thing. Like the Nets, had, the Nets and the Heat had a very similar record. So any, either of those two teams ending up with Dame, of course, would make the Pacers kind of go, ah, you know, we got to work harder to catch them or catch somebody else. And I think the thing that's going to make this fascinating is does this become a three, four, whatever kind of team trade? I think that's pretty common with these star trades of late as, as assets move around. And the Pacers got in on the uh, – I have to go back in time. This was three James Harden trades ago now, if you can believe it. Let's <laughs> do the math. <laughs> the first time he was traded from the Rockets to the Nets, I think a lot of Facebook fans will remember Kevin Pritchard jumping in on that and yeah. uh, getting getting Karis LeVert out of it. And, and that was pretty savvy business to jump in like that. And when Russell Westbrook went from the Wizards to the Lakers, they jumped in on that and got Isaiah Jackson. Like They found a way to get value in these bigger deals when they can so perhaps that's a way they could be that could even be a part of the Harden trade but obviously I think Lillard is player 1A in terms of talent available right now on the move and it seems like the only destinations that make sense are both Eastern Conference teams so that's of course a direct hit on the Pacers but in terms of the trade maybe they can find a way to squeeze in and optimize things a little more who knows uh, Pritchard has not been shy about that we'll see though I mean that's 
Miami does not have a lot of stuff to trade, so I've been very surprised at how that saga is going to unfold and where Dame could ultimately end up. Think it all, and this is in closing too. Especially now, the way things have worked out in Portland, you know they obviously redid Jeremy Grant, extended him. The Pacers have any interest in getting in on that? And then certainly, when they saw the number that Portland was going to put out there to bring him back, probably said the hell with this and went elsewhere, like Obi Toppin country. I would have paid Jeremy Grant thirty million a year, but no other team could offer him five years like the Blazers could. I think that was a big part of what led to that. I mean, he's really good. He would have been. A, I think I said that to you. I think no, I'm, I'm with you on that, too. That's who I yeah. like, too. He was an awesome free agent fit for the Pacers had he actually been available. Yeah, it's fascinating how that worked out. And, and I don't know this, but I'd imagine since the Blazers you know, offered him the maximum that they could extend him for during the season last year, it was less than that amount, and he turned them down. I'm guessing they had some sort of understanding that this deal would be you know, on the table this free agency period in some way. I don't I don't know that. I'm just guessing a little bit. But so even Dame or no Dame, I think they were going to offer that, and that's going to make it really hard for any other team to, to swoop in and get him, even if he would have been a perfect fit with the Pacers. And at that money, I still think. I mean, that's a good tradable contract for that Blazers team. So that's a good bit of business by Portland to me. I, I'm like one of the only people who still thinks that's a good contract, even with Dame leaving. Um, so I think that despite him being – a near-perfect fit with the Pacers this summer, I think they just had no chance of them given the dynamics there. Yeah, I, I, I can't imagine what they would have felt that giving him that amount of money was going to be good either. But I'm, I'm yeah. with you in terms of the fit here with this group I thought was as good as you were going to find option-wise out there. I really did. So Yeah, I thought he was, I mean, just a perfect fit from I mean, good scorer at the four, great defender, can play above the rim, can play in transition, can now shoot it a little bit, and the thing that's kind of worked out for him is like this, these last seasons with Portland, I, I called it Goldilocks theory where, you know, in Denver, he didn't have enough of a role in Portland. It was too big and, or excuse me, Detroit, it was too big. And in Portland, it was just right. Right. And I think the same kind of happened with Brogdon last year in Boston. And so the Pacers probably would have offered him about the same usage because Halbert would have had the ball so much. So they saw him in the optimized role. His skills were such a perfect fit that they knew exactly what he could be. And he was only 29, I think right now still, uh, obviously, the back end of that contract might not look great, but he would have been an awesome fit for the Pacers and where they're headed. All right, Tony, what are you writing about here? Got to get all this stuff done from the presser. We got to talk to uh, Pritchard, Rick Carlisle, uh, Bruce Brown, and Tyrese Halliburton on the podium. Got more time with Brown and Halliburton and Carlisle afterwards. So lots to get to, and uh, the Chris Duarte trade might become official at some point in the next couple of days. Same with the Obi Toppin trade. Lots of stuff still going on in Pacerland. You got it. Tony, I appreciate you, man. Have a great weekend. Thanks for having me. It's uh, Tony East right there. Tony East, uh, Forbes Sports, WTHR.com, Locked On Pacers. SI Pacers and more via the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. I'll tell you what, you guys are all over the Twitter account right now. Tell you, somebody that's got the money needs to do it. I just tweeted out the licensee fee, or licensing fee, I should say. Go with it. Uh, Mike Chappell, top of the hour. I got your chance to win again. That trip to Boston, July the 15th, right? Qualifier coming up. Maybe you go see the Jim Irsay collection, TD Garden, Kevin Cronin, uh, Avario Speedwagon, Peter Wolf is going to be a part of it too, uh, Vince Gill, and a host of others. And some surprises, I'm sure, yet to be mentioned. And a lot of former Colts, a lot of former Patriots. Round trip airfare, hotel accommodations, transportation, and more. We'll get another qualifier before the end of the show. And bourbon and beyond. 
in September, which is going to be outstanding. Headliners, among others, include Bruno Mars, The Killers, Duran Duran, The Black Keys. Get your chance to win some passes for that coming up before the end of the show as well. 239-1070. Chapel, top of the hour. You meet other side, 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. The Ride with JMV. It's party time! P-A-R-T. Why? Because I gotta! 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Thank you, Tony East. A lot of Pacers conversation right there. Reds just tie it up, top of the sixth inning. Buck Farmer gives up the lead, and then Ellie De La Cruz gets it back in the bottom, check that, top of the sixth. Uh, Reds and Nationals tied at two. Cubs, Brewers, bottom of seven in Milwaukee with Milwaukee a 5-3. Ownership of the lead right now. Uh, Blue Jays and White Sox fire up coming up in the uh, 5 o'clock hour here. Late afternoon affair right there. Uh, Everything else is later on tonight, including the Cardinals and the Marlins. Big weekend set for the Reds in Milwaukee, too. Got to get ready for that. I'd like to see them drop this game. Uh, Tied it two as they go to the bottom of the sixth inning. Uh, The news this afternoon was the signing of Bruce Brown officially by the Pacers and the official extension of Tyrese Halliburton, which is a tremendous deal there, too. Uh, We await the official word concretely of Obi Toppin. Uh, It appears that the Chris Duarte deal is about ready to be concrete itself. Yeah, JMV, what happened on that play just now? I missed it with the Reds. Ali De La Cruz uh, gets one down the line. They score one. Matt McClain gets thrown out at the plate. Uh, he was the go-ahead. Tied at two right now. But De La Cruz comes in uh, big time again. Andrew writes this. I got the ride rolling on an off day on Geist. Wave runner city right there. That's well done. Hey, JMV, I completely agree with you regarding Buddy Heald. The one thing I can't get to is when you talk about TJ McConnell, you're talking about their energy level with the second group's going to go away if he is not there. I do believe that he energizes absolutely everybody. I do. I believe that it is constant. And around the NBA, not everybody is constant. And I thought Tony East brought up a great point regarding whether or not and more than likely not George Hill is going to be there no James Johnson being there and the group wanting some guidance having that guidance I I just again you can't see like Buddy Heald what he brings oftentimes but you damn sure can feel it and to me you lose something there it is not the same if you lose that I, I again in a situation to where 
know, can you afford, and I don't mean monetarily, but just the way the team is constructed right now, can you afford that luxury? That is a good question. But I certainly agree that if you take that away, it will be noticeable. It'll be something where you'll be going back and saying, yeah, well, wait a minute. They missed that a great deal. (laughs) And a shout out to Corey Kinney, who's listening down in Florida to the show right now. Enjoying it poolside. Hey, JMV, I caught wind that you're going to be at the Indiana Derby coming up on Saturday. Yes, from 11 until 1. And I saw this list a little bit earlier, and I swear Dan Issel's on this list. The NBA Hall of Famer? Yeah, former Prez, general manager, head coach, incredible pivot for such a long time in the NBA. With the Nuggets, and remember in the ABA, I believe he started with the Kentucky Colonels back in the, the ABA. But nah, I would love to be talking to Dan Issel if that's a possibility. Just, Dan Issel follows me on Twitter. I had no idea. But yes, 11 until 1 coming up on Saturday for the Indiana Derby at Indiana Grand down in Shelbyville. So I will be there with you. JJ is going to be there. I'll talk to a bunch of people, have some fun. We'll have cocktails as we normally do, 11 until 1. That's a two-hour show coming up on Saturday, 11 until 1. Uh, Right here. But I certainly will be there. No idea that Dan Ilsell was going to be a part of it. JMV, I know you utilize Twitter a great deal. Are you going to be somebody that's going to bail to the other thing? I don't know what the other thing is. James, you know what the other thing is? I think he's talking about threads. What the hell's threads here? Do I have to go to threads now, too? I don't know if I can do all this. It's basically Facebook's answer to Twitter. Facebook's answer to Twitter. Threads. Yes. All right. So you seem a little bit internet, social media savvy over there. What What are the differences here? What are we talking about? I don't, I don't know if there's too many differences because it's a very new thing. I've just seen people the last couple of days talking about it. Um, but, I mean, it, ba- it basically just seems like Facebook is trying to, uh, to get in on Twitter and have yeah. their own version of Twitter. So, Threads, what do you guys think? We, we need to go to Threads? I don't know if I can do all this. I can barely do Facebook and Twitter the way that it is. I think I have an Instagram account, but I rarely, if ever, even go there. I don't know if I wanted to do another one. Threads, huh? No, so to answer your question, I have not looked into threads just yet. Threads sounds like a really cool pair of jeans I might buy in the 1990s. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to go in here. I'm going to go to the county seat, and I'm going to get a pair of threads. (laughs) Wait a minute. I love that cross-color shirt. Give me the cross-colors. Give me that uh, that rainbow-colored tie-on belt, and then give me a pair of threads. And I'm going to be ready to go. I'm ready to go out on Saturday night to Hooligans. Let's go. There it is. Threads in what it is. No idea. Jamie, the only threads that used to matter are that. Yeah, see, I thought threads. Yeah, threads was. It was with a Z, though, Jeremiah. That's true. With a Z. 
back in the 1990s. True that. Uh, Jimmy on board here, 239-1070. Hello, Jimmy. Hey, John. How are you doing? Today? Jimmy, did you roll over to Great American Ballpark rocking a Padres jersey? Did I see this accurately last week? Um, that is true. <laughs> I have an alibi. Okay. So the tall, the tall guy I was standing, I was standing next to, he, that is Evan Fitchner, uh former IU basketball player. Okay. Family friend. He lives in the San Diego area and is a diehard Padres fan. Um, and he, he just so happened to be visiting Indy and uh, staying with us last weekend. So um, he... He's trying to force me to become a Padres fan. And I said, I only have one team, and that's the Cubs. So, <laughs> so Evan Evan Fitzner went to St. Mary's first, right? Correct. St. Mary's and then and played with the uh, with the Hoosiers. I got you now. So, all yeah, right. Well, I, I saw that picture, and I thought, well, wow. Come on now. <laughs> Don't worry. I'm not that much of a bandwagon jumper, so. Uh-huh. If I was, I'd be on your bandwagon. The right <laughs> hey, I'm soaking up every last second of this, and I don't care what anybody says. I don't care what anybody says. Hey, you know what? All they're doing is winning in a month of June. Who really cares? No, 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 no. No, as a Reds fan, a long-suffering Reds fan, you have every reason to soak up every ounce of what is going on right now. You, we deserve it. Yeah, enjoy it as much as you can. Um and you never know when it'll be back. So I'm still enjoying the Cubs 2016 World Series. So and I would too. I would talk it up forever. That's why when and I hear think, about when I hear about like I use banners and old and dusty, I go, yeah, okay, whatever. <laughs> I mean, who cares? You you won, you won. All right. So exactly. I look at that that yeah. way all the time. Hey, two things for you, real quick, John. Now let someone much smarter and more intelligent than me talk, but. Um, I, I really enjoyed the um, – I'm not enjoy. I'm excited about the addition of Bruce Brown to the yeah. Pacers. Um, I remember uh, growing up in South Florida, we, my family actually had University of Miami uh, basketball and football tickets. And um, so I followed the basketball program ever since then. And he's turned into a really nice pro. And um, I just think he'll bring a lot in terms of, like, his athleticism and – I really enjoy watching him play. So, um, and I look forward to seeing you out and about the rest of the summer, John. Uh, thanks for having me on, buddy. Jimmy, anytime. Day. We will see you. It's going to be packed because I know this. I know that they're working behind the scenes right here to do some backyard bourbon shows coming up here. So we got that, um, and we got a ton coming up here. So be ready. I'm just talking about what's going to take place, you know, coming up on Saturday, being down at the Indiana Derby in Shelbyville at Indiana Grand. But, yeah, after that, we are going to be out absolutely everywhere. And last week was kind of a precursor to that because we were out Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Walk-ons, Irias, you know, up in Westfield at the Indy 11 training facility. So it is going to be a great deal like that. Yeah, Brandon writes this, hopefully for the Boilers football this year with a new coach, but the schedule in the conference looks rough with Michigan and the Buckeyes. Yeah, and you know, it's funny, you, you have you know all these thoughts of how great things are going to be, especially in terms of, of Purdue and IU football, and then you see the schedule and you go, oh, wait a minute. Yeah, that looks a little bit more daunting than I thought. 
it always, especially with IU football, Brandon, it always seems to work out that way. Weird how it goes. Uh, but it certainly does. Yeah, this is my man Roar on a lake in Minnesota right now. Listening to us via the app right there. Well done. A little wave runner of his own. There's no way that that water, you live so far north, that water's got to be like still 30 degrees. No way. (laughs) I don't know how you're going to live with that. Yeah, JMV, how about going to Threads? Threads is going to work out great for everybody. I don't know if I can add another social media aspect in my life. I don't know if I can. Maybe we can try. All right, quick break and we shall return. Mike Chappell coming up at the top of the hour. Remember, we still need another qualifier for the Jim Irsay Collection in Boston at the TD Garden coming up July the 15th. That's round-trip airfare, hotel accommodations, transportation. Thanks to the Colts and the Gorman and Jim Irsay for that. Going to get a qualifier for it. We will draw coming up on Monday's show for that winner. And Bourbon and Beyond opportunities to win coming up before the end of the show as well quick break and we're back inside the lounge via youtube live 93.5 and 107.5 the fan whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits long live listening to your favorites learn more about cascali ribocyclob 200 milligrams at kisqali.com and talk to your doctor to see if cascali is right for you the Ride with JMV. Son, you got a panty on your head. You drive fast, kid. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Uh, Tony East a little bit earlier in the podcast, 107.5thefan.com. Uh, welcome back to the show. James, here working. I'm John. Thank you for joining us in studio this week again on the road on Saturday. 11 until 1 special. From the Indiana Derby down in Shelbyville. Hope to see a lot of you down there. It is their big event of the year. And uh, we'll be there 11 until 1. Yeah, looking for you. I got uh, Bourbon Beyond tickets coming up too. And uh, somebody's going to qualify to go to Boston. Thanks to the Colts and the Goreman. Got a qualifier again before the end of the show. Mike Chappell is going to be here coming up at the top of the hour. JMV, I completely agree with your assessment as far as baseball's concern. When your favorite team is winning, it does make you appreciate and pay attention more to baseball throughout MLB than what you normally would. That is so true. It has oftentimes been out of sight, out of mind, over the past years with a Reds team because they've been bad. Uh, This month, this past month, not just the calendar month of June, but this past month in Reds baseball has been incredibly entertaining to watch. You know, no matter the outcome of the game today, bottom of seven tied at two with the Nationals in Washington, a big weekend set begins with the Brewers coming up tomorrow. That's uh, before the All-Star break. Cubs, by the way, Cubs and the Brewers, bottom of the eighth inning, tied at five. That is in Milwaukee. So we'll take a uh, look at those games that are ongoing right now within the uh, National League uh, Central, but a big weekend set with the Brewers. You know the Brewers are eyeballing that at home as well. 
Gutshot says, go ahead and set one up regarding threads. And nobody would know this. I trust Gutshot would know. Uh, he's certainly in the know. You'll need it when Twitter dies. Is Twitter about ready to die? I mean, there's been a lot of controversy surrounding it lately, but I don't. I wouldn't guess I would say it's about to die. I know what happened this weekend, right? And whatever. What what happened this weekend was they, they said that they were going to max out. The limit, the, the, view, limit, the post limit, yeah. The posts uh, between those that uh, have paid. And I, I don't pay to have a blue check mark. I don't care enough to do that. I mean, either you know who I am and you trust me or you don't. And if you don't, I don't care. But, and again, sometimes it wears you out, but it's not enough for me to want to pay money every month to have a blue check mark. So whatever. But um, there has been a lot of controversy, especially in the last week, regarding Twitter. And everybody is expecting it to pass away here, I guess, relatively soon. Yeah, we shall see. Twitter. It's funny. We care about that stuff. That's pretty outstanding right there. Hey, Jamie, I want to double back to what you had to say about TJ McConnell. I absolutely agree with you as far as what will be missed if he is not a part of it. Maybe in the box score you won't be able to tell, but you're going to be able to tell when you eyeball that on the floor with the second unit. Uh, they got a lot to figure out, too. Got a lot to figure out as far as personnel is concerned. There is going to be a ton to juggle. And again, regarding Bruce Brown, who officially signed today, they need defensive players. He is a defensive player. Now, they can't, can they get that on the wing where certainly they would desire that? Bruce Brown being about 6'4. Does that make it? Remember all the times a year ago when Buddy Heald got matched up and you just go, oh, my goodness. Not so much now. (laughs) JMV, did you see this? That Obi Toppin has not been officially dealt here yet. That's not been made official, but evidently the Knicks signed his brother Jacob. (laughs) I didn't see that. Saw that within like the last five or so minutes. That's outstanding right there. And again, as we talked about Obi Toppin with Tony East a little bit earlier, that is a deal that you look at and it is an absolute no risk. I guess the only risk, if you want to look at it that way, is the risk of him showing out, playing well, and then bouncing someplace else. But Risk you have to take. Reds just go down 3-2. Duarte just gives up a home run. I'm telling you, Reds pitching. What do they stand on right now? What are they at? Three runs? Four runs? What was that score? The problem here, three? See, there's not enough runs. I mean, the Reds got to score five-plus to even feel close to being comfortable with this pitching staff. Can't count on anything. You have been able to count on Diaz. Sometimes Diaz will scare you, but you've been able to count on the all-star. But nobody else out there outside of starter Andrew Abbott you can count on. I mean, you've got to go, and that is a lot. We talked to Lance McAllister yesterday about it. That is a lot of pressure on your daily lineup to produce. 
And, of course, they started against the left-hander. So today it was Newman and Sinzel. Sinzel hit a home run today. It's their left-handed or right-handed batting lineup against a left-hander. So a lot of the guys that normally are in there haven't been in there. It's just what David Bell has done with this. But you're trying to maximize night in and night out, or in this case of the afternoon, offensively, because you know if you don't push it five-plus, then you may struggle to win a game with that pitching staff. That is just the way that it goes. I don't know how, to me, that is going to be difficult to long-term. If you mentioned yesterday, or if you missed yesterday, what was mentioned by Lance McAllister and what we talked about, go back if you're a Reds fan and listen to our conversation because we do allude to the fact that I don't know how long, and hopefully it's the rest of the season, but with this pitching, even with Hunter Green and Nick Lodolo coming back in August, it is a tough sell for me that you could hold up to this level. That's just a lot of offense day in and day out to have to count on. Quick break and we shall return. Mike Chappell, top of the hour. Your chance to win. One would be bourbon and beyond passes, but also to get your chance at qualifying for those Boston tickets coming up July the 15th for the Jim RSA collection. Your chance coming up at the 5 o'clock hour right here, 93.5107.5 The Fan. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The Ride with JMV. You are more reptile than man, George. So low and flat that the foot of man is incapable of crushing you. How dare you? 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Sunday, September the 17th. This man will be a headliner at Bourbon and Beyond Highland Festival Grounds. And September the 17th, this is Bruno Mars, everybody. Uh, Sunday the 17th, Bruno Mars, Blondie, Ryan Bingham. Those of you around here know Babyface. Babyface will be a part of it on that Sunday. Uh, Saturday the 16th, the Black Keys, the Black Crows, Avid Brothers, Spoon, Old Crow Medicine Show. Michelle Branch is on that Saturday. Uh, Friday... The 15th, The Killers, Duran Duran, Bastille, Wayne Newton. (laughs) Uh, uh, Brandy Carlisle, I believe Brandy Carlisle has a special airing on HBO right now. Didn't really know who that was until I watched that a little bit the other night. Billy Strings, you guys love Billy Strings. Train, Buddy Guy, Mavis Staples. Among others, that is on Thursday, September the 14th. That is Bourbon and Beyond Highland Festival Grounds at Kentucky Expo Center. Uh, Number nine is going to get a pair of passes courtesy of us right there. Enjoy. Absolutely enjoy. Tony East a little bit earlier. 
I talked about a number of things, including the Pacers and the signing of Bruce Brown made official today. And that of the uh, extension, high-dollar extension of Tyrese Halliburton. Halliburton signed today, too, and we await it becoming official regarding Obi Toppin and that trade. And maybe something that plays off of uh, the deal that has to be at some point forthcoming with Damian Lillard. Maybe Damian Lillard, maybe even James Harden for that matter. keep you updated meantime andy moore automotive group potline colts nfl and a lot of stuff with our friend mike chapel of cbs4 and fox 59 do you have direct tv do you have cable uh uverse okay uverse so i i've got i have direct tv so right now um, I haven't had Wish TV Channel 8 in what feels like 20 years. Um, yeah, in Fox 59, too. Yeah, so, 59 you know, and I, CBS I, 4. I couldn't watch myself be on the other night with Hagen. I, I, it's kind of awkward because it pisses me off, but they're my company, so there's not a lot I can say about it. Right. <laughs> so, understand. Oh, yeah, completely understand. But, but, but it, it's just annoying to wear – they do this, and they, you know, uh, yeah. I already pay too much for my TV anyway because I don't do all the streaming stuff that smart people do. But just quit taking my channels away from me. I, I really get it's irritating, and that's probably all, all to say so I don't get fired. No, you know, not and, and again, I, I just kind of look at it as there's there is no perfect solution to any of this. There, there just isn't. I, and you got to try to try to take. Um, the path of least resistance here. And I've, over the past 23 years, decided to go with DirecTV. Yeah. And, you know, people always say, well, you talk about DirecTV like it's great. No, it's not great because there's nothing that is great. I just want I, – I play the odds, Mike, that I'm going to get on a nightly basis what I need to watch. Correct. And then everything else has to uh, to fall where it does here. That's what I do. Yeah, I, I've, I've got a simple life. And when you start screwing with my simple life, yeah, you know, I, but, you, but you're right. And you get used to things, and I'm at the point that I like <laughs> I like routine. And I like to sit there and, you know, like my my stepson, he, he's really into this. And he gave us a set up Roku. We got Netflix and all that stuff wow. and a few other things. And he can stream things on his computer and all that. I'm too much of, a, of an idiot to do that. But it's, you know, there was a time, was it a couple of years ago when, what did we lose initially? Uh, Wish? Or maybe it, was, maybe, it was, maybe it was Fox for a short time when, when we lost NFL games. But no, it was 13. I remember having okay, to watch. Okay. Yeah, I, I think I had to watch at uh, my neighbor Jeff Watson's house a game in Seattle on yeah. a Sunday night that was on 13 when DirecTV didn't have it. And it, it's just, you know, it's you, you, the, the, you know, us grunts get caught in, in the crosshairs. And, you know, I guess somebody wants to charge us a little bit more. So I don't know. I just, it's annoying. And, you know, the people that get ground under are, are people like us. Yeah, I mean, I mean we're the uh, the negotiation tool is what we are. We're the yeah. only ones that really get screwed. I mean, ultimately, well, bo- it, both sides get what they want after a prolonged, I guess, unless it's Wish, and I don't even know where the hell they are now. I mean, I, they have been off They've been off my yeah. direct TV for three years, so I don't even think I, about I'm it. A, I'm a little surprised this has come out now as opposed to maybe late August right before the NFL season. Yeah. That that's that's leverage there. That that's when you really irritate people, but 
I mean, it's almost a minor irritation because I'm assuming they're going right with the fact that the All-Star Games on Fox, a yeah, minor, a minor irritation for people around here with DirecTV right yeah, now. Yeah, well, you start you start messing with people's NFL games and yeah. you're going to see the the angry side of folks. Yeah. It's uh, Mike Chappell, who is with us via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. I don't know if we've talked about this before, but I know I've talked about it a, a number of times about showing some signs. And I, I don't know what you guys saw, and I know it wasn't lengthy regarding Anthony Richardson, but given what, what you know, and I know that there's going to be training camp to decide all of this, um, do you have any takeaways as far as expectation for Richardson to be good to go? Because I've heard it from both sides. I've heard, you know what? He's given moments in which we have seen not a lot of, but moments where you could justify him starting. And then I've heard from others suggesting that he is like miles away right now. I don't know if I'd say miles away, but I think it's fair to say that during we probably, I'm trying to count how many times we saw these guys practice. Probably was it five or six totally with OTAs and, and veteran minicamp. I'm not counting many uh, r- r- rookie minicamp. But it, I think it's safe to say that Richardson generally had, had had the best passes and the worst passes. You know, he, 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 was, he was the up and down graph, which you know, I, I just can't take away much from the OTAs in, in the summer. Just, just because. I mean, uh, there were so many guys. You know, Michael Pittman didn't practice, and and Jonathan Taylor didn't practice, and a lot of guys were out. And I, I think it was more important for Richardson to sort of get in the groove of the, the, okay, this is my job. You know, I don't go to class anymore, or whatever. This is my job. I get up in the morning, I go to work, and I go home, and this is what I do. And it was really important to me that he got the playbook down. He knows what he's doing. He knows where the lunge room is. He knows where the training room is and all that. And and once we get to camp, and I've said this before, I think that's when we're going to see volumes on what they expect by doggone it. If he's he's starting in the opener, he's got to get the bulk of the work. He just does. You you just can't do this 50-50 with he and Minshew with the idea that he's getting enough. Because I, th- I think you can you can limit Minshew's reps, which isn't ideal, but you can limit his reps with the first unit, and he can kind of get to be pretty quick because he knows the offense and he's a vet and all this stuff. But, boy, you got to find out what you've got with Richardson as far as a rookie. And I think the best way – and it's not going to be when we, you know – Kevin Bowen and George Bremer and all the star guys and, and the athletic guys where we're charting the passes and 11 on 11 and all this, that's not going to be what tells me how he's doing. It's going to be, again, how the team handles his reps and is he getting more work? And Because if he's not, if it's still 50-50 or whatever, then I, I don't think they, they think he's ready. But if, if he's getting more of the reps and the deeper into camp he's getting more, that tells us a lot. And yeah, yeah, of course, the performance. He just can't spray the ball all over the place. But, you know, I, I, I just think how they handle him will tell us. And as, as you and I have talked, to me, he has to show that he's not ready. I, I really have to believe that if they think, man, we, we just can't do this. It's not fair to the veterans. It's not fair to everybody else because he's not ready. We're going to hurt his development. If that's the case, he doesn't start. 
But if he's if you if you see things and you kind of like what you see and he's got the book down and he's got the protections down and all that, then you start him and, and as long as he's not hurting the team by being dumb, dumb plays, interceptions, whatever, then you sort of just deal with it. And then whether you go four and thirteen or seven and ten, what's the difference? As long as you, as long as this guy's getting better. And, and he earns it because again, n- nobody knows better on who needs who, who should be playing than the locker room. And if you're putting a guy out there that because he's a rookie and he's your future, but he's not ready, that's going to PO some veterans off. And DeForest Buckner, he, he doesn't care too much about 2024. He really, I mean, yeah, he does it a little bit, but he, he he's into the here and now. Most of these guys are. So I, I think if he's close to being ready, I don't see the downside to not starting. Yeah, you're probably going to lose a game or two that you shouldn't, but if he's getting better, and I keep going back to the Peyton years when they were 3-13, and 13, and it was about midseason, and it clicked. The Frisco game in Frisco, and it clicked. And then he was pretty good, and the, and the team was pretty good. But and then and then they, they took the major jump the next year, which was which was unreal that they did that. But boy, if you see this kid doing what he should do and getting better and and he's ready, sort of ready or ready, boy, I just think you play him. So Mike Chapel of CBS Four and Fox Fifty Nine, mm-hmm. Colts and a felon more via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. Uh, would you set the over under at six? Over. With Minshew and under with Richardson, is yeah, that a fair assessment? Think. Yeah, because I I really think you look at the schedule and and of course we we said this last year with with a lot of division games early and then they kind of went to bed early, but yeah, boy, because the schedule, relatively speaking, is not all that you know tough, and I think if you get decent play by the quarterback where he's making plays and he's not just really hurting you. I think you get a chance to win some games early. So I, I think you're right. If it's Minshew, I take the over. And I'm not I'm not really optimistic, but I'd take the over. With the rookie, I'd have to take the under. And that, it's going to be a tough decision. It really will because, again, even, even Chris Ballard, I mean, I realize, remember what he said is we drafted him for what he could be in the future. Well, at the same time, you, you, you know, you're, you're demanding the fans pay full price. You're not giving them, you know, a – a cut rate on tickets this year because you got a young quarterback. So, but it's really tough on, on getting this quarterback ready as soon as you can, yet being as competitive as you can because who knows? You just don't know how this season goes. And boy, you start winning a couple games, and with the Rams come in and Jacksonville's early and Tennessee and all that, you just don't know. You know, we, we go back and I, you know, as as bad as last year was, we've talked about this. If they just don't do stupid things, they win seven or eight games and maybe nine and win the division. As, as, as chaotic as it was, but the biggest decision obviously is going to be quarterback and how they decide that. And you know, it, it, it's not like the GM or the head coach's jobs on the line. It, it's not because they, they've decided this is, with everything they've done. This is going to be a I don't know, two or three year process. I, I don't know what kind of a time frame, but you still, you still don't want to simply 
say, well, we'll go with a rookie, and if we go three and fourteen, well, so you know, we'll, we'll get a high draft pick next year, and we'll get Marvin Harrison Jr. in here. But uh, you, you still got to try to be as competitive as you can while getting your young quarterback ready for the long term. Is it reasonable to suggest if it's you know four or you know whatever uh, less less than six? If it is close to the win total that we saw a year ago, regardless of, of what happens, I guess, and who's starting at quarterback, that's not going to be viewed well by the fan base considering you know the complete clown show that was a year ago, right? Well, but I, I think you can win four games with this group if, if, you're, if your quarterback is showing progress and you say, you know, this guy's got something. Don't you win more yeah. with his schedule, though, if he's showing well, progress? Yeah, I know, I know. Yeah. But it depends It depends on how you get to four. If right. you're out there and you're doing blowing games like they did last year and, and just just making dumb mistakes week after week after week, then you got a problem. Then you got to – you'd think that a Minshew would give you some stability and consistency. That's why I say it, so much of it's going to be under they believe this kid after 13 starts, you know – can handle it's such a enormous step from big time college NFL. It, it just is. Uh, it's going to be really interesting to see how they handle this. One thing that I was looking at, we always talk about hope, and that's what this kid and he gives you. You look at the the the, the, the major the, the franchise that we have here with the Fever and the Pacers and the Colts, and they've got that young individual. You know, Boston is what I think she's twenty-one, and well, Halliburton's twenty-three, and Richardson's twenty-one. So that it's really encouraging that you, you, your your star player that you are going to build around is somebody you can build around. And they're they're in the case of the Fever and the Pacers, even though Boston's played, I don't know how many games they've played, but 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 she she's all star and. They're sort of established as pretty good players. And if you can get Richardson to do that, boy, to have three cornerstones of franchises and build forward, that's really, really encouraging. And it should give people around here optimism for the future. It's Mike Chappell of CBS 4 and Fox 59 on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Potline. Obviously, second tier to what we're talking about right now regarding the quarterback position and Anthony Richardson of interest here in the next three or so weeks is going to be that of the condition and the long term of Shaquille Leonard. I'm curious. He has been, historically speaking, so active via social media. Haven't seen anything, have we? If things were good, would we have not seen something know. from yeah. him? I, I don't know. I understand what you're saying because yeah. we have in the past. I don't know. I'm just going to be uh, – I, I guess I'm just hardened by all this. And until I see him out there, and as I, as I said before, not just one day, but day after day after day, until I see that, how are you not anxious? I, 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 last year was a blind faith, and it didn't work. He played, what, three games and 70 snaps and didn't play well because his body wouldn't let him. Uh, my, my biggest concern, my biggest fear, I guess, is we show up, whatever that is, July 25th or 26th, whatever it is, we get Chris Ballard on the 25th, and he'll say, yeah, we're going to start Shaq on Pup because he's not quite ready yet. 
well, that's not even remotely good news. So, you know, it'll be nine months or so removed from surgery. And yeah, I'm kind of, I'm kind of with you that, that I'm, I'm concerned. And if it lingers into the season, you know, then you have to worry about the long-term, you know, ramifications and, and can he get back to being the great player, the really great player he was until I see him out there. I don't mean as a cheerleader and jumping up and down and, and, Encouraging the linebackers. I'm talking practicing, you know, at, you know, and not Allen Iverson. You know, practice. No, I'm talking practicing, and he needs to practice and be out there week after week to where it's not an issue. And and we're not asking change Sykin every day. Well, you know, so what's the latest on on Shaq? Well, progress, no timetable. I don't want to hear that. And we're getting to the point that it needs to be. Yeah, he'll be out there. And now, if he's out there. Then fine, then easy man, you know, not every play, an easy man, and maybe practice on a day, and then the next day's not. But at some point, he's got to practice, and to where you know that he's back, because it's, it's, again, it's been since 2021 that he's played to, to any to any level. So yeah, that's that's going to be the main storyline. Yeah, it's, it's it's about Anthony Richardson, but it's about the Shack because he he's the heart and soul of that defense. What's the uh, absolute position with this team? The absolute, yeah. you know what you can count on here. I think running back. I, I I do. I I don't blame. I don't blame last year that much on on JT because if the line played better, he still would have had the numbers, the better numbers. I think he still averaged four and a half yards a carry, four point five, I think it was. So I think you know what you're going to get from from the from the running back position because I do expect a line to play better. Although that's, that's not an absolute. I don't think receivers an absolute. I don't think tight ends an absolute defensive line. Maybe, maybe defensive line, defensive line slash running back will be the two, because I, I like the personnel they've got. They've got a lot of depth. They got some really good players on the D line. They got depth. Those two everywhere else. I'd say I'd, I'd have questions. Yeah, I, you know, and again, it's, it's such a weird place to be because normally the running back position is so disposable. But yeah. in terms of of this team, Mike, and in, and in terms of this team being competitive, you got to have him. He's 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 their most valuable player. Yeah, you got to have him. He's their most indispensable yeah. player because if you don't get Richardson, well, you got Minshew. So, and if you don't have Tater, you go to whoever you know Zach Moss, whoever's behind him. And that's again in the next three weeks. Are we going to see an extension done? I don't know. Uh, if they wanted to play major hardball, they make him play out his contract and then they franchise him for a couple of years. And that really wouldn't that go against? That would go against everything Chris Ballard has talked about. It would though, go right? against everything. Yeah. And, and, I, and I think that would be something that they won't do because, like you said, that would be playing hardball with your best player, and the message that would send after the extensions you've given out to. to that really lesser players uh, would send a terrible message. I think he deserves that you can make it work where it's a really a two-year extension, but make it look like a three or four-year so the numbers look kind of really good. But, yeah, it's and if, yes, he's a running back, and running backs are getting dumped on and all that, but he's, I think he's their best player. I do. And they're going to be leaning on him and the rest of those running backs really, really hard with the, with the young quarterback. So, 
it's interesting. I, I, I think it gets done because the numbers won't be, you know, Michael Pittman receiver-like numbers, and he's your best player, doggone it. I just I, – I think that he keeps you competitive. Yeah. Because there is such an incredible unknown at quarterback. But could you also make the argument for those that suggest that you shouldn't longer term him out? Can you make an argument if you're going to win, you know, five or so games and, you know, the running back is the most important on a five-win team, then really it's not that important? Can you make that argument? <laughs> yeah, but that, that's a that's a bad dark hole to go down where you're saying, well, you know, we, we can do with a hammer because what, what's he going to sure. do? I remember – Remember, he had 1,800 yards and the greatest season by a Colt running back uh, two years ago, and he didn't, didn't make the playoffs. So if that's not an indictment, although that, that was, it wasn't his fault by, at any, by any stretch. But no, I, I think if you start doing what you were arguing, then you could take it all the way down. Then you don't re-sign Michael Pittman. You don't do any of this stuff, and you just sort of eat it this year and get that really good draft pick next year. And I think that's really a – slippery slope to go down. I don't think they would do it. I don't think they will do it. You know, whether they get Pittman done or not, I don't know, because you're talking pretty massive money there. But boy, again, I go back to JT. It's not, relatively speaking, it's going to be, I don't know, $14, $15 million a year, maybe $20 million guaranteed. I don't know. But he's one of your own. He, he, he's He's been your best player. He'll I think he, again, is your best player. And and, oh, by the way, you're going to run him to death this year to protect your quarterback. Is Pittman or Taylor more valuable, considering the situation right now offensively? Taylor, T- Taylor is, although I don't, you know, I, I don't want to diminish Pittman, but I just have a hard time talking myself into him being a one. I really do. And, you know, maybe he's the guy you make play as rookie rookie contract and then you franchise him, which is going to be a big number. But, you know, and for all of the people who say it's, hey, just you don't re-sign Pittman because he's not a one. He's he's a really, really good two. And you just replace him. But they're not that easy to replace. And we've seen these guys aren't going to pay $20, $25 million for a free agent if that guy's out there. That's why I say it's really important to to re-sign your own. But – you better be sure they're that level of player to re-sign your own. We've had this argument about Quentin Nelson. You know, at the time, he was maybe the best guard in the league, and they paid him like a left tackle. But he's not a premium position. He just isn't. But when you've got a running back and when you've got a receiver and you've got a young, and you've got a young offense for the most part and a young quarterback, it'll really be great because then you've got Pierce and you've got Josh Downs. You could really grow this, and you've got some young tight ends, uh, a couple of young offensive linemen, and you could really grow this offense for the long term as much as contracts that allow you to. So it's really going to be interesting. Again, I, w- I would re-sign JT without really hesitation, as long as the money's not crazy, crazy. Pittman's going to be difficult because of what the market is for receivers, and I think he believes that if he gets to the open market, he'll make buku bucks. Um, over the weekend, we saw Vince Tobin passed away. Um, yeah. the one time uh, from, I think 94, was it 94, 95 when he was the defensive coordinator? 94, 95. Yeah. Yep. That's what I thought. Uh, any, any memories, lasting memories that no, he produced just a, for just you then? A great guy. Just a great guy. Solid guy. 
and I'm not talking golf coordinator. Of course, he was a great coordinator, and he went to what Arizona. Yeah, from here, just, just a solid guy. It's been forever ago, but you know, he he, he and Bilto when just just were, they were just solid guys, and Bill could be a little bit, you know, disgruntled sometimes, but that goes with the job. Vince was really a cool guy, and uh, it's, it's unfortunate, and, and my wishes to his family. Yeah. Yeah, it was like um, yeah, 94, 95 right there, yep. too. So, and, yep. uh, yeah, obviously, when Bill Tobin was here, the lasting memory was uh, what he said about Mel Kuyper. <laughs> Who the <laughs> hell is Mel Kuyper? <laughs> classic. Uh, we, we were in the room when all that went on, and it was it was classic things things that you 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 kind of glad you were there for. It was really really pretty cool. That was uh, long before ice cold takes would be on Twitter. Hey, by the way, people are telling me I need to go to Threads. I got a, I got an account just because I don't want to be the last one on the planet to not have one. But I don't understand all that stuff. If there's and there's crap on Twitter, I just ignore the. The, the crap all of stuff and just look for news and comments from guys I trust. You know, like anything, you have to sort through, you know, crap to get to good stuff. And I, I've gotten pretty good about ignoring, you know, crap. Ignoring crap. <laughs> That's where I'm in my life. You know, but if I can get out of, out of bed in the morning and ignore crap, I'll have a good day. All right, buddy. I appreciate you. Have a great weekend at Beach Grove. You too. Later. It's uh, Mike Chappell of CBS4 and Fox 59 on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. Yeah, 94-95 for Vince Tobin. Had uh, a lengthy career for sure in the NFL. All right, Nationals batting bottom of the ninth inning. Reds and Nationals tied at three. Earlier this afternoon, the Brewers get that win over the Cubs, 6-5. So if I'm the Reds, I'd really like to win this game, especially you got to go to Milwaukee and play a weekend set. And this game, because of a rain delay, is about an hour and a half or so longer than it needed to be here. So we shall see. An out, bottom of the ninth, Reds and Nationals tied at one. The Brewers beat the Cubs 6-5. to five. And underway, top of two with the White Sox and the Blue Jays up on Chicago's south side. Quick break. We'll come back. Your chance to qualify for that trip to Boston, courtesy of the Colts and our friend the Gorman is coming up before the end of the show. 93-5-107-5, the fan. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. The Ride with JMV. This will be the high point of my day. It's all downhill from here. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Hey, welcome back. Thank you for joining us. Mike Chappell, CBS4 and Fox 59. Podcast 107.5thefan.com. Tony East with the Pacers, Bruce Brown's signature today for his free agent deal. And uh, Tyrese Halliburton, longer-termed. The extension for Halliburton he signed earlier today. And Tony East discussed that and a lot of things, too. What still may be to come, what won't be to come. 
A lot happening. So I, I don't, I'm with most of you about the offseason so far. I'm, I'm good with it. <laughs> yeah, Nick Zell just saved the Reds' ass there in the bottom of the ninth. Runner on second, one out. Went back to the raw wall, jumped, caught it off the wall. Just saved him in right field. Uh, Reds and Nationals going to the top of the 10th inning, tied at three. As I mentioned a little bit earlier, the uh, Cubs lose on the road to Milwaukee today, 6-5. So it would be good if the uh, Reds were to go ahead and pull this out. Uh, if they can, but Sinzel just saved them. I mean, saved them with a defensive gem, to say the least, right there. Hey, Tim chimes in with this. Hey, JMV, don't you guys think it would be good to see what happens in Cole's training camp and the preseason before making a decision on what to do a quarterback? Seems like Minshew has to be an upgrade over last year. And, and Tim... I, that is exactly how this is going to play out. But my point, look at Sinzel just went yard with a two-run shot right there as I'm talking. So he saved the game defensively, and he just put him on top by two runs with a two-run shot there on the top of the 10th inning. Wow. Nick Sinzel, everybody. No, Tim, what you're talking about is incredibly accurate. I just have said this. If you're number four overall, I don't want to picture in my mind, and I know that he's had 13 games, and that's all you've seen collegiately. But I don't want to picture in my mind a guy that's not ready, and then furthermore, in week one. And then furthermore, if you're not ready in week one, then what are the chances you're going to get ready when you're taking backup reps? And what I mentioned is, I've heard it from both sides. I've heard it from those that have witnessed these OTAs saying, you know what, this guy is further along than I thought. And then, and this is just the differing in opinions, I've also heard the dude's miles away. And that's what I stated to Mike, and that's how he answered it. But my disappointment will come trying to explain to folks why the dude, I want the guy to be ready. I will be disappointed if he's not ready. That doesn't mean anything about the longer term. I'm just talking about in the now. And with Jonathan Taylor in mind, think about it from this standpoint. The Colts are in a situation, and this is a situation that was created here to where you are counting on a high level of production from a position around the NFL, which is viewed as and has been viewed as disposable. So as I've mentioned before on this show, you have to view an extension on Jonathan Taylor differently if you want to compete this season. Now, if you just say the heck with it, then so be it, whatever. I just think to help your new inexperienced quarterback become acclimated it is going to be more important for you that you have this tier of a running back with him and people are going to argue well you know look what they thought about dalvin cook in minnesota you know what they're thinking about saquon barkley 
with the Giants, I don't care. I mean, both your quarterbacks, you know, like Cousins or not, like Daniel Jones or not, are heavily more experienced in that capacity than your quarterback here if it's Anthony Richardson. I just think that that changes the dynamic all the way around with how you view the running back here. I don't think the running back here is as disposable as it is viewed elsewhere on the NFL. And you could say, you know what, that is wrong to look at it, but that's the situation they're in. There's no right or wrong right now. Okay, it's it's wrong to have it this way, but it's right to proceed with Jonathan Taylor in this fashion because you know the quarterback, the young, inexperienced quarterback is going to need it. It matters here, unlike it matters in other places. Yeah, don't give me the whole, well, all these Super Bowl teams with their fifth and sixth round running backs winning. It doesn't matter. This is not a Super Bowl team. It's not a playoff team. But if you're looking for it to be a competitive team and to have a young quarterback become more acclimated to the position to where it's beneficial, hopefully sooner rather than later, you need Jonathan Taylor. It's different. It is different here. And it's not a different that we didn't see coming. But it is different. Make no mistake about that. Yeah, Nick Sinzel, as I was yakking. (laughs) Sinzel takes a game-winning hit away and then puts the Reds up 5-3 in the top of the 10th inning. I'm telling you, this is stuff. I mean, you just, you kind of make, your own magic, don't you? And we'll see what happens. The Reds still have to pitch <laughs> to close it out. But this is basically how it's been going for this baseball team for a month. Yeah, that is true. That is Nixon's L. Uh, JT says, don't bother. Nobody who follows you will ever see anything you post threads uh nobody who follows you why don't you see anything i what i don't know see i i have to do jt a little bit more research there i guess uh joel bragg says how about de la cruz for the home run derby i used to be incredibly against guys that i like on teams that i like performing in the home run derby because there's the swinging your back out and screwing up your stroke and all that but joel I cannot lie, he would add, and I know that this is coming from a Reds guy and really nobody outside of Reds land cares about it, but let's think for a moment the shots that we see from Ellie De La Cruz and wonder how that might look in Monday's home run derby. Right? That probably would be fun. Actually, that would be very fun. So, yeah, Joe, I have I have thought a little bit about it, but not in depth. But I think certainly would add fun. Yeah, he's just he's fun to watch all the way around too. More than just his stroke, it's just it, it's really about this entire Reds team. How hard they go at it, every play. I mean, think about how they're turning back the clock. I know that there are a lot more steals around Major League Baseball right now anyway. 
but a, a team that just gets on there and basically everybody but you know, Votto and Stevenson or the catcher position and Votto when they're in the lineup, everybody is a threat when they get the first. Everybody is a threat to take an extra base every single time. And that makes it more fun. You're not just sitting back and you're waiting on a three-run jack or a two-run home run or station to station. I mean, these guys are more than just stolen bases. I mean, they are extra base takers. I thought Chris Welsh put it great last night when he said this puts so much pressure on plays being made. Not just a, a catch, not just a scoop of a ground ball, but a throw, the timing. I mean, it matters everywhere. And it has been fun to watch the last month, no doubt about that. No doubt. Uh, He crushed that one too, Craig. He did. All right, quick break, and we'll come back for a final time. Uh, Chance for you to get qualified. Jim Mercer Collection in Boston. I want to see you guys go. We're going to get qualifiers. Qualifiers as of yesterday, we got two. Two today, two tomorrow. We draw coming up on Monday. And thanks to the Colts and to the Goreman for setting this up as well. Again, it's the Jim Mercer Collection. Round trip airfare, hotel accommodation, and transportation to see the Jim Mercer Collection TD Garden in Boston July the 15th. Kevin Cronin, Ario Speedwagon, Vince Gill of the Eagles. Peter Wolf, Jay Giles Band, and so much more. A lot of former Colts players, a lot of former Patriots players. You can be a part of it in a quick little getaway to Boston. We'll get another qualifier before the end of the show. Quick break. We're back with you. Final time next. The Ride with JMV. This is your brain on drugs. Any questions? 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. This, everybody, is Kevin Cronin. Uh, July 15th, the Jim Mercer Collection is going to be in Boston. TD Garden is the location. Uh, Kevin Cronin will be a part of it. You know, Peter Wolf, I mentioned too. You got uh, Vince Gill, uh, Mike Wanchik, uh, the Jim Ursay Collection show. And the Gorman reached out last Friday and said, hey, why don't we give away a little quick trip to Boston for a fan to see it, to watch, to uh, check it out at the TD Garden. I said, I think people, I think listeners of this show will love it. You know how I like to give back. And in this case, it's the Colts, the Goreman, and Jim Ursay that will give one lucky winner hotel accommodations, round-trip airfare, and transportation to go to the show on July the 15th. Now, again, if you call in to qualify, you have to be able to go. July the 15th, qualifier right now. And it should be an absolute blast for you. So, again, thanks to the Colts and the Goreman for setting this up on this show. I'm telling you, this time of year, it's fun. And, and as you can see, everybody in the world is out right now. He's got the news a little bit earlier today of the Eagles and Steely Dan at Gamebridge Fieldhouse. And a lot of people were responding to me. I had mentioned how this is going to be a big deal. And then some people say, you know, the, the Eagles with no Glenn Fry, and you know, you get Vince Gill now, but no Glenn Fry. You get Steely Dan and no Walter Becker. 
and I'm not suggesting this is the perfect way by any stretch, but this is how I go about it. I go about it by living in the moment and what you have for the moment. And if it stirs the echoes and the memories of the past, for example, it is never for the Eagles going to be like it was in 1977. You recognize that. If you have the opportunity to go, go. And it'll stir some memories of the greatness of the past. Be a good night for you. I just have never really viewed that as a negative. Like I saw Steely Dan with Donald Fagan and Walter Becker. It was a great show. Clearly, Walter, Walter Becker is no longer with us, and it's not the same. And it's not going to be the same, but it can still entertain you in 2023 and stir the echoes like it's 1978. It's how I view things. I think I view things now more importantly for entertainment value than I ever have. And we have seen this, right? We have seen this where we talked about this during the pandemic that when everything stopped, you know, even those that suggested they were never, ever going to come back out are going to ultimately be back out. Everybody is out right now. And I know it's hard. I know it's hard for you to delegate disposable income to go to these shows because these shows are incredibly expensive but i will say this we try to do our best and this is something i realized years ago that we sit here for three hours and talk about sports that's why you're here but i also want you to be the given the opportunity to be entertained and there is so much mixing of sports and music out there. So we try our damnedest to give you the opportunity to go to shows where you don't have to spend your own money to where you can win it right here. So that's something that we noticed well before the pandemic. This goes all the way back to even the other station where I was on. I always thought that there was just that common thread between the sports fan, the sports talk listener, and the music listener that was unlike even what the music stations have. Because it's got to be about what they play. It's got to back up what they play with us. I've got fans that love the Eagles, that love Steely Dan. i got fans that love country, that love R&B, that love hip-hop. Classic rock, hard rock, alternative rock, it does not matter. The best place to go for that to get everybody is, of course, right here. And it's now it's important now more than ever, considering, you know, what you have to choose from, all those options you have out there. So we try to do our best to give back to you. And the uh, Jim Mercy collection would be one of those, especially that trip to Boston. Uh, and then, of course, uh, giving you those passes throughout the rest of this week down to uh, Bourbon and beyond coming up in September is is also awesome. So you got to love it. Got to absolutely love it. All right, Nationals push across a run, so they're still alive 5-4 right now. Runner on first and nobody out. So the Reds are still going to have to try to wiggle out of this one. Uh, But we shall see. I was trying to see with this. uh, I think uh, was Ellie playing shortstop right there, I believe. Yeah, bat hop. Got a bat hop up into his face right there. Uh, Reds 5-4, runner on first, nobody out in the bottom of the 10th inning right there. 
Uh, Cubs losers today to Milwaukee a little bit earlier. Cardinals later on tonight. Cubs and Blue Jays going on in Chicago this afternoon. And, uh, of course, the uh, Reds and the Brewers start a huge set in Milwaukee before the Midsummer Classic coming up this weekend. So, big stuff going on, too. Also talked about Bruce Brown, who officially signed as a free agent a little bit earlier today. Uh, Bruce Brown and then Tyrese Halliburton signed that extension, which is a big deal right here. We'll see how all this works out. Talked about Bruce Brown with Tony East, podcast with Tony East about that and maybe some other options that will be there. 1075thefan.com. If you missed that via podcast, you can find it. And Mike Chappell of CBS4 and Fox 59 regarding the Colts and the expectations uh, three or so weeks from now to uh, what things are going to look like at quarterback. And really, the need of Jonathan Taylor, there may not be a need by any other team around the NFL, but certainly is one for this team, which is going to grow with a very young, mistake-prone, you would expect, quarterback. Now, the necessity for a running back is unlike what you see around the NFL, certainly that is here. Mike Chappell, podcast 107.5thefan.com. Tony East as well. We'll close out the week. Is hashtag Ask Pat back tomorrow? I believe so. Pat Sullivan, last two weeks, been gone. Pat should be back tomorrow with a hashtag Ask Pat prize package. Remember for me, Indiana Derby on Saturday, 11 until 1 down in Shelbyville, Fairland, Indiana. Indiana Grand for the Indiana Derby, 11 until 1 on Saturday with me. Love to see you there. James, great job from you. Congratulations to our qualifiers. Congratulations to our winners. Back in studio with you tomorrow at 3. Have a fantastic night. Threads or no threads? We'll decide coming up. Talk about that and more tomorrow. Have a great night.